Hello, folks out there. This episode of the podcast is partnered by Audible. Greg, you know what I love about Audible? What do you love about Audible, I don't have to pick up a book anymore and carry it around with me. In fact, I carry it around in my phone, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They literally keep thousands of titles right on your phone, accessible at any time, when you're driving, when you're cooking, when you're mowing the lawn, changing a diaper, doesn't matter. It's all right there at your fingertips, John. They've got podcasts, they've got lectures, they've got some like health and wellness and like fitness series on there that if you just are looking for something to fill that gap, like you're not getting into a book right now, it's all there for you, man. If you're a member, Greg, what's cool about it is you get three titles per month. The first one, you can pick whatever you want. Like I've said, I'll probably start hitting up some of those health and wellness books. And then what's awesome is they have two Audible exclusives exclusives folks you can't get it anywhere else it's true that is very true so if you guys want to get on the audible train you can go to audibletrial.com slash j-a-t-g that stands for johnny and the greg hook yourself up with a 30-day free trial no promises no nothing if you don't like it which i can't imagine you're not going to like it um it, you can cancel at any time but the great thing about that is the books you get during your free trial or if at any time those books are yours like you get to keep them you can listen to them non-stop anytime all the time sounds like a deal to me man so if you guys are smart like i know you guys are because you already listened to this podcast sign yourself up guys what do you got to lose it's 30-day free trial yeah. and it's books it's knowledge you gotta drink it up it is so one more time, it is audibletrial.com slash J-A-T-G. Here we are, back and better than ever, Johnny and the Greg. And Greg, we had on a guest today that um, I had a lot of fun. We did, and we had so much fun. We lost track of time, like severely lost track of time. Yeah, so this uh, is a long one again, guys. Felt felt like 45 minutes. It's two and a half hours. Um or maybe not quite two and a half, but it's over two hours. So we right. were talking uh, on Instagram. He's known as Tris Rex. You can find yes. him at, uh, at Tris Rex on Instagram and on Facebook. I will link to those down below. His name is Tristan. Uh, he is a cosplay creator. He does armor, like yeah. cool looking, full on, like armor suits, like Hollywood level stuff, man. Yeah. What I actually, uh, what I got from the conversation that I was really pleased to hear is that he really puts a lot of thought, he puts a lot of passion into it, and he puts mm-hmm. a lot of himself in whatever yeah. journey he's at in his life. He puts that into his work, and so yeah. um, it's 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 straight from his heart, straight from his soul. I've always thought cosplayers were just like you know they just put on a cool costume and they go, but no, man, this guy is. No dedicated he, he's an artist i, I yes. i'm flat out he is an artist and he is putting his art it through the the medium of cosplay yeah so marshall if you have a long drive two hours you're welcome sir <laughs> all right man um hope you guys enjoy this as much as we did tristan johnson
What's up, Tristan? How are you, sir? What is going on, Johnny? I'm good. I'm yeah. good. I smell like smoke and lizard. Been uh, working on a new project and just the hanging lizard. out. What do yeah, you mean, lizard? Got, what do you got? Got a lot of lizards. <laughs> I've been chilling <laughs> I, with the lizards today, and I a lot. You I have like, a giant ass iguana. <laughs> is oh that yeah, there? that's yeah. several. I got iguanas, monitors. Well, wait, 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 wait. Are we talking about real animals? Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, I thought you, he was talking about something he was putting together oh, for a cosplay. No, okay. you, did no, not no. you didn't Facebook stalk him enough. We, no, I, I guess I'm not. I did deep, not. Deep into his Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm out here just, just hanging out, man. It's a cool Sunday here in Chicago. Yeah. What about you? He, Greg, where are you from? I think he's what I'm, I'm Wisconsin. I, I am okay. From, I'm I'm like midway between Madison and Milwaukee in in a middle of very rural like we don't have anything here we're considered unincorporated. So we got a gas station, we have a butcher shop and that's all I need. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good right gas there. Gas food. Yeah. Yeah. I am in Buffalo Grove. So Tristan, all I'm waiting for is how good this conversation rolls depends on how soon I can come to your little lab there and put on all that bitch and stuff behind you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man, the studio It's uh, the studio has been getting a lot of attention. This is awesome. It's cool because I'm, you know, in, in a big space now, which is what I've always been wanting to just like get some room finally man i came from making huge monsters and armors from a small pilsen bedroom <laughs> and okay. if, if you guys are familiar with chicago if anybody listening to me with chicago pilsen bedrooms are freaking small yeah. and <laughs> like going from making man bat to my lap to having like all of this room is like okay i could do this i could do That's this cool moving on up right moving on up <laughs> now a lot of your it's stuff a, i want to say think? i was gonna say a lot of your stuff and, and for people that are looking go to tris rex on instagram right it is if i'm i gotta scroll up to get back your address yeah. bar yeah we'll connect Just it in the comments tris below. rex yeah uh link in the comments down below but yeah. i mean you're making when we say cosplay and, and some people have like something in their head when you say cosplay um because cosplay can go from, especially when you're at like conventions, people like just sporting a, a flash t-shirt with like a mask on to what you're doing are like full on sets of armor. And mm-hmm. I mean, I, it's amazing stuff. And I've, I've been going through my old pictures of the cons because I know I've seen you. I know, I think I've gotten my picture taken with you. I'm trying to find, I think it was your Killmonger. Um, Prop, okay. Okay. Try- Okay. I'm trying to find my picture with Killmonger, and I want to put that in our promotional stuff because I'm like, I know I've seen you at like C2E2 and Wizard World throughout the years, and totally so impressed. Always Thank impressed. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. How how did you get into this, Tris? Or I'm sorry, yeah. do you prefer Tris or Tristan or? Tris is just fine. Cool. Right. I actually prefer Tris because it's just you know, that's what everybody call me. Sounds good. Um, but yeah, so I got into cosplay, uh, more so like practical effects now, which is like kind of like what my work is leaning towards. But I got into it just just like therapeutic needs, just like coming home after work, playing video games, or 
going to the gym just wasn't cutting it anymore. I needed that creative outlet as far as how to express mm-hmm. myself. And I was going through some stuff at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I should just like start cosplaying and just like make some stuff, you know, just to really just to get away from the whole hustle and bustle. Um, so it was mainly for therapeutic needs. I've always been into the world of uh, sci-fi, comic books, horror, and it, it, it turned into this, which is kind of just weird <laughs> <laughs> because, like, I was trying to get away from work, but then that kind of turned into work, but happy work, fun work. Yeah. Well, what was your day job before? Uh, I started cosplaying when I was a marketing manager. Okay. Marketing manager, which is pretty much like I've been in the world of business analytics slash project management yep since like 2017 ish so that's like been my world been very focused you know broader picture things super project focused so Mm -hmm. a lot of stress to come with that and this was one of the outlets that truly just let me be me and it's funny because the better i got at cosplay and and the bigger cosplays i started doing you know it came to be full-on project management type cosplays where it's like okay you need this type of material you need this done by this so we can do the fitting it became like projects in itself which made my project management even better at work Mm -hmm. (laughs) so they kind of like balanced out so it it was super dope it was super dope to see how that changed me because i started to think about things in a more holistic view from uh start to finish here in the cosplay world too so what was your first cosplay that you did like what was your first project that you said okay i'm gonna i'm gonna take a swing at this it was was killmonger oh killmonger okay killmonger yep that was the first one i was like you know what i just got to do it the the black panther movie was coming out and i saw that armor i'm like you know what i'm gonna start small (laughs) Mm -hmm. i'm gonna take a crack at it if i get this right We'll, we'll progress we'll progress and i had so much fun doing it it was just like the process itself just building it was fun you know getting yeah. to the con was even more mm-hmm. fun but it's just a little bit more gratifying when you just like no i made this look at me <laughs> you know <it's, laughs> yeah like show and tell all over again yeah well, I, greg i've always thought that you and i are one real good oh Okay, Greg's showing up. Yeah, uh, I'm showing it right on. now. Yeah. So you for those of me, you that I thought we hit offline. <laughs> <laughs> no, I because I'm, I'm like I said, I'm I'm deep into this, his Instagram right now because yeah. I just love that's uh, yeah. in general. But yeah, so here's the side by side, and and this was something that you that you made, like you put it together right away, or were you like piecemealing pieces together, or what? Yeah, so pretty much what I made was just like the vest mm-hmm. in the undervest for here. it. Everything else I just like sourced from like undergarments, like materials yeah. I already had around the house. You didn't, you didn't sew your own camel pants? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't sew. Nowadays I will, but no, yeah. I didn't sew my own camo pants. Got those from Old Navy. I love those pants, by the way. I still wear those just to work in. <laughs> those can, pants went from cosplay to like, yeah. they're very functional. And those boots are made for Chicago winters. I tell you that. Oh, that's when they, when they I, move C two E two to like that winter, like February. You're like, oh man, and I my heart immediately went out to some of the cosplayers because I'm like, some cosplayers they whoa, 
my dog's going nuts. Um, some cosplayers, uh, they they don't uh, they don't wear a lot, and you're like, this is very true. You're like, girl, how are you going to get through, uh, get to the convention center without freezing to death? Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's. Uh, I've always wondered that, but actually, I've never wondered that. I've always just gone. That's a brave one right there. That's someone committed. Yeah. Um, but like I was saying, Greg, I. I have always felt you and I are one good, real good experience away from just go diving headfirst into this uh, world. Well, I would say I would agree with that. And especially, I mean, my wife is a creative. Uh, she's in graphics. She's, she's got a, a double major in marketing and uh, and an art degree. So yeah. she's, she saw or she looks at cosplay and is like, that'd be fun. That'd be really cool. But again, having no space no even knowledge of how to do it but i mean you look up these guys that are I, i'm assuming you're like you know doing the foam molds and you know even people like doing their own fiberglass and you're like oh my gosh that that's a level i'm like how do you get to that and so that's a good question how do you yeah. get to that level i mean when yeah. you're yeah. you're uh first jumping in and you see people like yourself and you're like oh that would be great to be at that level but you have no idea how to get there before you answer that tristan did you ever see the guy at c2e2 who does the thanos he's he's i think i know who you're talking about yeah he's on still yeah so going from killmonger to what the things you got behind you yeah just walk us through that yeah and one of the things that I will always tell people is that it is very fun, but it is work. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I, I will tell people is that I never really get comfortable because with each project, you will see that I'm trying something new or I'm like trying something just a little bit different, like same same type of energy, same type of focus, but, but uh, a new skill picked up with each one and really when i first started out i was just youtube and everything under the sun yeah anybody from like evil ted he was really good um kamui cosplay and uh these are people that could uh that basically show you how to like make and design patterns and they sell the patterns too so it's like you could like Mm -hmm. go along with them and as I started to figure out that, okay, I'm not the smallest dude in the world. <laughs> I'm gonna have to like, kind of like finesse some of these patterns to make uh-huh. things fit a little bit different, you know, cut them out a different way, start using heat guns to make things cup a little bit more. Because I think I was like 255, 260, like coming from powerlifting when I first started. So it was mm-hmm. like, all right. You had that look, I, I was gonna ask, and we'll get into that, but you had that look like you were a powerlifter. Your, oh yeah, I love, I love your your swole ass Kylo Ren because <laughs> you're like I mean and nothing against uh, the actor that portrayed him. I mean, former Marine, he was in pretty good shape too. But but to see like <laughs> just like this massive Kylo Ren coming at you, I'm like that's menacing. That is menacing. I got yeah, that, that would be menacing. That would be. Yeah, that would people be. like that. Yeah. Hey Tristan, I thought I I want to throw this at you. We talked about this at our podcast one time where. Chris Hemsworth made a um, a statement, and I, I, I'm going to butcher the statement, but it came to the uh, – he was making a point that when actors are asked to gain weight, especially muscle mass for mm-hmm. roles, they don't get as much credit as like someone like Christian Bale who lost 
almost everything for like that one movie, The Machinist. You know, what are your right. thoughts on that? I mean, it could go either way. I mean, I think it's just. I think Christian Bale got more props for that because it's not necessarily the most desirable look to have. I mean, because when you think about what's marketed to us every day, as far as like what the desirable male physique is, it is a men's and health, uh, men's health and fitness, (laughs) muscle and fitness type of magazine looking body. So Chris Hemsworth, you know, pulling that off, it's like, okay, yeah, that that's usually what we see. That's usually on trend. Mm-hmm. But usually when you see somebody go from like Christian Bell went from like the machinist to like Batman begins, mm-hmm. and then he puffed up again for this other movie. Yeah. Like what he does with his body is like totally different. And I think it's just the method acting that goes along with it. Right. Mm-hmm. The psychology that goes. I think that's why he gets a little bit more uh a little bit more props because people just he's known for being like a serious diehard method actor yeah i think he went to dick cheney right after batman didn't he well it was it wasn't that one i'm trying to look i can't remember the movie he did oh the the con one where he was conning somebody gangster yeah yeah he was was big i'm like yeah and he was he got chunky in that one he got chunky for that one and then he just kind of kept the ball rolling uh, for, for Dick, Dick Cheney. Cheney. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah that was, yeah. And, and his Dick Cheney, you're like, I don't know how he's going to come back from that. <laughs> I mean, that was, <laughs> that was Batman again. It didn't come yeah. back from that shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, to that point, I'm, I'm very happy about the rise of the dad bod. Um, cause that's <laughs> what I rock. And, uh, it's, uh, that's brings up a good point though. I mean, when I, you know, being a bigger dude, I mean, obviously you've you've got that power lifter build, so you can pull off a lot more of even the superhero stuff. Um, yeah. But when you're rocking a dad bod and you're like, somebody's like, "Hey, you want to cosplay a superhero?" You're like, um, "Better be a chunky one," because because you want to. I mean, and, and for me, I wanted like you want to do justice to the character. I mean, you want to you know to make it look cool, right? Uh, but I mean, Johnny and I were talking one year uh, when when the Netflix daredevil series was big and, and John's tall, skinny cut. He, if he were to do that, uh, the all black, uh, daredevil costume from that series. And then I could pull off the kingpin. Um, yeah, yeah I, I think that yeah. would have, <laughs> see, if, if we would have yeah. got our shit together. Um, yeah, it, that's well, true. But um, now, now, now he would be caught God of war and I would be balder from that video game. <laughs> <laughs> I still need yeah. to put on some size to pull that off, but yeah. But back to you, Tris. Yes. Um, what is your? I mean, you got the one that I was excited about that I saw on your Instagram was the Swamp Thing. I'm a huge Swamp Thing fan. Yeah. And I that are you in a green screen behind you, or is that actually like you could touch those thing those guys behind That's you? That's your studio, I think, isn't it? My baby's. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. Oh, that, I got the Hellbat, right? Showroom. Yep. The Is that a werewolf on top? No, oh, I think that's his man bat. That's oh, man, man bat. Yeah. Is and that hang is that hanging up or is it really that tall? No, he's on a uh he's on a stand. Okay. I got like these little light posts, these little extra light post stands you get yeah. from Amazon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they get like 13, 10 feet, so I got them hanging off that. Um I was gonna have his wings going out on the sides. Yeah. Um just kind of like make 
it's like a bigger group shot, but I'm gonna fix up a couple things before I do that. I'm actually glad you didn't because half the podcast it'd be just me doing this. <laughs> staring oh, at the cool. screen yeah I, I totally would forget that we're talking um but yeah it, uh oh god those are all really impressive i'm wondering which one okay you went from killmonger then where'd you go so i went from killmonger then i went to deathstroke which is a mm-hmm. dc villain everybody knows deathstroke yes. and i did this version of him with the mask off um, then we went to Black Manta because that's when the Aquaman movie was was coming out. Um, chilled out for just a little bit. Then I did uh, the DC Prime Batman, which was like one of these cool action figures that was coming out, but it was still like years away. And actually, that action figure, I forgot what magazine it was for, but it got action figure of the year. So I'm very proud, very yeah. proud. And the uh, the artist that that pinned that one and designed it, he was he was very happy for me too. So go DC on that one. Um, and then we got to Swamp Thing. That's when um things changed with Swamp Thing because um I think people are just now like recently understanding that it was always a bigger universe or always mm-hmm. like a a league of heroes that I was building up towards. Mm-hmm. And um, it was never just about Swamp. But that's oh, okay. I noticed that things were just just changing. And I noticed my love for creatures. And then we got to the Trench Monster, which is uh, the blue monster that came right after uh, Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. Then we did... Hang on, hang on. Wait, I, I, I'm sorry to, I'm sorry to do that to you. I'm going to interrupt because Greg is going mm-hmm. through all your yeah. pictures. And I'm looking at the Swamp Thing. How heavy is this, Tristan? Head to toe, 50, 50 pounds. 50 pounds? So at the end of a day, at the end of a con, are you, like, exhausted? Toast. I'm yeah, toast. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's act how physically demanding. People don't understand how physically demanding it can right. be to wear some of these suits. Yeah, uh, walk us through it. Yeah. And, and the funny part is I was the actual actor that played Swamp Thing on the uh, DC Universe HBO Max series that just came out was talking about the physicality and what mm-hmm. you got to go through. But before I actually got into the suit, you would have thought I was about to work out. I had Gatorade with me with BC. Oh, sure. I was yeah, stretching right. on the floor because the way I built it is like shoulder. It's like football pads up top. Yeah. But everything straps around you as far as like your lower limbs and your, your, your forearms and stuff. So you got to keep moving to keep that blood circulating. Yeah. And when you're standing in line or when you're trying to get that photo done and your legs start to get numb, it's like, oh, you really start to feel the weight of it. Yeah. So since then, I've been trying to make things just a little bit more hollow, <laughs> a little bit more uh, lighter. Bit lighter, yeah. But it just what, it adds up quick, man. And what material are you using to create these? Swamp Thing was made out of uh, floor mat foams. Is okay. Well, just some um, craft foam from uh, Amazon, the little thinner foams to make the overlays and such. Like you see in the shoulders, how it kind of separates. Yeah. So a lot of those were like little pieces that were just like wood burned and molded into place. 
For those of you that actually listen to this on the uh, on your podcast, I highly suggest you watch this one on YouTube. Greg's showing yeah. this guy's this guy's work, and it's it's incredible. So when he's talking about carrying fifty pounds of swamp thing, go on the YouTube, check it out, or go to his Instagram, and you'll see what he's talking about. This is incredible work. Well, and what I love about the swamp thing is like for for like the layman fan, they can look at it and be like, oh. I think that swamp thing, but for the comic guys, we're like, oh, that's the green. I mean, we're you're yeah. getting, you're getting like deep into the characters' mythology and and the writers, and and we can see that. I, I think it really speaks to to your fandom, um, yeah. to to show that. And I don't want to I don't want to bring up the idea that I know some people get accused of just doing a character for the attention of the character and not really knowing anything about it, but the love that you have for the character is showing through um, in the cosplay and your attention to detail. And I mean, here's a shot of you on the C2E2 stage during the cosplay competition. And it's a great photo. And I mean, looking at this, the detail that you got in the woodwork and the leaves and, you know, even in the, the headpiece, the crown but still having that that classic like barry windsor smith kind of yeah piece that comes off the nose i mean that that is fantastic yeah and um i'm glad that you brought that up because a lot of uh what inspired a lot of what inspired that's that the green is actually what i call them too so i'm glad you peeped that mm-hmm. um that alan moore run that alan moore oh run, yeah absolutely um, the the anatomy lesson as far as like who who swamp thing truly is and at the time i was dealing with a lot of identity issues you know i started a new job recently married probably wearing like several different hats just Mm -hmm. in life and one of the cool parts about that that story that alan moore did it really explored the psychology of who alec holland really was it made you question was he the plant that became the man or was he, you know, a man that became a plant? Like, which one was it? And that's just, just the thing that I wanted to really show as far as, like, how some veins actually turned into vines or some mm-hmm. muscles or tree bark. And the reason why he got that crown is because he he finally owned up to it. Like, no matter who you question me to be, no matter what the, the monster that people see me as, I'm the, I'm the king of the green. Mm-hmm. Which is why I decided to give him a crown because I felt like I accomplished something myself throughout that project, as far as like owning who Trish yeah. Rex really is, just going deep, and that's just been my 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 shtick is just to have like a a common or relatable theme to go with each character, just mm-hmm. to just to make it real, you know, bring some life into it. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love the I love the idea that you're that passionate about it and that you're putting. You're kind of like a method cosplayer. Like you're you're putting real experiences. Christian Bale. Yeah. Yeah. Christian Bale of cosplay. Yeah. <laughs> Own it. That's it. Yeah. That's your moniker. I'm owning it. Is that oh, one? Wow. That this is, is awesome. this is good. He's getting love from DC fandom, like which is you know, it's it's DC. I mean, DC is taking notice of your work, and and I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And I, they also really love that. Uh, that first Batman I did too. They reposted it on uh, DC Collectibles. Yeah, was dope. I was honored, is, man. I'm gonna show <laughs> was, people that. I know I'm pop, I'm bouncing all around here, but like, here's your side by side with that action figure that you talked about, and then 
what you had made, um, okay. which is fantastic. And I do want to point out, and really I cool. think this is fantastic too. I don't, obviously you, you know who this lovely lady is, but like your female armors that you're doing are, are fantastic as well. Yeah, that was one of the ones I didn't get a chance to complete because she didn't really, she didn't fit the, she was very good because she taught me a lot of things, but mm-hmm. telling that that broader universe story and taking everything I learned from that female armor and, you know, making my own Wonder Woman, yeah. I think that was... Man, I just, said, I, I'm trying to find that Wonder Woman because that is... Hey, wait, wait, Greg, Greg, can you go yep. back down? Go back yep. down a little bit. The one right. where it shows his chest of swamp thing or the green. So go down a little bit. Right. Stop right there. Mm-hmm. That that is amazing. Is that on the back? Yeah. I think that's yeah. That's the back. Oh. Yeah. Just how you got the branches and the root system. Yeah. And that's, 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 that's incredible. From the inside, you know, just yeah. like, kind of like growing out the ground. And each time you see him, he might be a little bit different. You know, <laughs> you might I, was gonna, a bit more I was going to ask you, do you, do you ever consider these? like put the rubber stamp on them like i'm done or do you go back and tweak you know like yeah pieces? i'm gonna tweak it I'm, I'm gonna tweak it definitely for swamp thing just to kind of revamp him since he's a fan favorite i want to show him in a different light mm-hmm. and uh and just like just being true to the comics he's never the same every time he sprouts he's a little bit different yeah so the right. next time you see him at a con he might you know you might have wings. I don't know. I don't know. You got to see him grow. You know? Well, I and I can't. I mean, I can see how this is going to play out. We're going to be at a con. Well, we're yep. probably going to be at like C2E2 or yeah. Wizard World. And we're going to see you. And you're going to have a helmet on. We're going to be like, it's Johnny the Greg. Like shouting. <laughs> and be like, how you doing, man? And you're going to be. We're going to hear, because that's how they hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, don't, don't. Oh, hey. like listen, I only got I could see out of like this much. Oh, I know. <laughs> I and I love the, one of the first years I saw. There's a guy he did a fantastic Ben Grimm, and when you talk about the workout, he he was you could tell like just around his neck he was sweating out of that suit, just dying. But he had to be led around by a handler because he couldn't see anything. He he had the helmet piece or the headpiece of the thing was not where his eyes were. His eyes were like looking out from almost like the throat area and yep. it, it was just like super tough for him to to see anything and i'm like i because for me like when i go down to a con i mean oh i'm God, walking around awesome. like all day and to mm-hmm. see these cosplayers i'm like how do you guys do that they're like well we don't do this all day like we can't it's impossible you, you gotta take a break you gotta take hey, a break and that's great go things- back go back to the other one where it looks like it's a movie of the man bat so it's the next one yeah well, this is a movie of the man that. <laughs> is, is, this, is this you, Tristan? Is this your, like, you made this for this movie? Yeah, I just wanted to make a little trailer. Make a little trailer. I just want to present them in a different way because with us not having the cons to look forward to, I just want to, you know, yeah. oh, just, hey, here's Man Bat. Yeah. Okay. This was 2021. 2021. The other four were made in 2020. Yeah. So, yeah, God, this is. Awesome. And this is how I want you to first see him, you know? Yeah. I want you to see him in their element because I made these with inspiration from 80s and 90s, like classic horror films. Mm-hmm. So I don't want you to first see him in the light with all the details. I want you to see him like 
bending from behind a tree or yeah. in a dark alley. And then you could see him. He could be cute and all that. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I want you to see the monster for, for what it truly is, you know. Well, and it yeah. looks like you're looking. Are you working on the, uh, oh, what, I'm, his name slipped in my mind, but the Red Lantern? Are you Atrocious. working on Atrocious? Atrocious. Yep. Yeah. This dude is a beast. I yeah. was doing some. I was doing some uh, detailing work before. Oh wow! Hopped on, and um, I can tell you, this is a combination of everything I've learned from Killmonger, all the way up into Man Bat, with even mm-hmm. newer techniques. This is a. Uh, I think this, and plus, this is going to be special because this shows what I could really do with the space, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. having my own studio. Yeah. Um, and just like how I could really get down with nothing else holding me back, like me not being in a, in a room or having to wait the neighbors out the way. Nah, this is just me going at it. So I think this uh, these next three villains are really going to showcase the future of uh, the projects that's, that's coming up. And I got a Scarecrow probably going to do the scarecrow around christmas but i got a friend that's going to help me out with poison ivy too so those three villains are going to be going to be super dope and and super important to my my uh portfolio as far as the story i want to tell too so i'm going for it y'all i'm going for (laughs) that's exciting man and i'm a sucker for a good poison ivy cosplay not gonna lie um who's not yeah, exactly. <laughs> I uh, love I've been loving Poison Ivy since the animated series. Like absolutely. Super sorry rushing. guys, I'm I'm Catwoman, sorry. <laughs> I just am. Hey, I I love I'm, Catwoman too. I'm not gonna discriminate. I mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um so you brought up I and mean, we've talked about like your work and stuff like this. Are you are you able to monetize this hobby? Are you able to um kind of bring in i mean even if it's a side hustle kind of deal i mean because i think some people are thinking it, it's it certainly is a labor of love and that you don't do it but you hear more and more about people like leaving their day-to-days to do something mm-hmm. like cosplay so is that are you in that space are you headed there is that kind of your dream yeah that's definitely where i'm headed that's definitely where i'm headed um right now it's more so about like as you, I mean, I'm pretty sure you peeped that I'm affiliated with a couple of uh, companies that, that make mm-hmm. certain materials and such. So there's a little bit of monetization there as far as like tutorials and, you know, showing up at booths and such. But um, I'm headed to just like Trisrec Studios being the main source. Mm-hmm. You know? Great. That's what I want to do. And the goal is TV and film. Okay. Um, with awesome. the practical effects that I've been doing, you know, I got a lot of people in that space already. I'm like, hey man, you can mm-hmm. do this, you can do this. But I'm like, well, the way money is set up in Chicago, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's not, it's not necessarily something you just like. All right, no plan, let's do it. Let's do it. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it's that's definitely where I'm headed, and I, I think this is uh combined with my uh, you know project management, business analyst, savviness, all that mm-hmm. other stuff. This is use that stuff to help me get those things into place. But I think I'm pretty sure this is my true calling. That's, I'm, I'm pretty that's sure. Awesome. I'm, I'm willing to bet like $5 on it. <laughs> <laughs> Just five well, bucks. Uh, and it's one of those things that when it becomes work, I mean, is is it 
is it work that you're still loving or is it like because any any job is going to have a bad day you're any any project anything is going to have a bad day um but if if i've always said is it work you, you got to decide if it's work if you could do it for free and obviously you have done it for free for when you got started um so I, yeah i think you are right and that that is a calling for you and it because it's just you're just so damn good at it yeah not, yeah <laughs> just i've also thought to myself that um if you can wake up and you're at genuinely not all the time, but I would say the majority of the time, if you're genuinely excited to go to work, you're good. Like you, like you've made it. You know what I mean? Now, now it's just about having fun and and creating that 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 path or creating that passion to keep moving forward and keep challenging yourself. But it sounds like, like Greg said, it sounds like you're there. It sounds like now the next step is just how do I make this bigger, better? And speaking of bigger and better, do you have like an ultimate, like what's your Everest of cosplay? Is it like a Galactus? Is it, you know, is Actually, it dark oh. side? My Everest of cosplay is coming in twenty Q1 and Q2 of 2022. Okay. Um, Alien vs. Predator is Ooh. the Ooh. that year. Yeah. And basically it's going to be my version of the Xenomorph. Uh, my version of the Predator, but also we're going to explore the human inhabitants on that Earth, too, and how you survive. Mm -hmm. So these aren't necessarily going to be the classic Xenomorphs, the classic Predators. This is going to be a totally new universe where everything is happening on one planet. How do these things work out? What happens when you see the big bad of the xenomorphs go up against the big bad of the predators? Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's gonna be trippy. It's gonna be trippy. So my Everest is actually coming soon. And I made a promise to myself, like, if you get the room to do it, do it. Yeah, <laughs> I got good. the room. I'm not gonna waste any time because I'm not getting any younger, and I got the energy. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Are you? I mean, are you? You don't have any kids? No kids. Get this well, my, shit done before the kids come. The lizards are the kids. <laughs> they help me. But yes, yes, that's what everybody's been telling me. Okay. Yeah, before a kid comes, and if the kid does come, you got to paint. <laughs> you got to paint <laughs> and learn how to cut something. You got to put in on this family business, man. <laughs> ain't, ain't no free rides around here. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but yes, yes, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get it done. But that is the Everest. That's the Everest. You know, I always said the queen alien, but I'm going to take it a step further. I'm going to be true to myself until my version of, of that alien versus predator story. Well, that's going to be interesting because I have seen plenty of predators walking around a con floor and some really good looking ones. And, and my favorite shots to take with them are, of course, them killing me. Uh, but you don't. <laughs> you don't see a whole lot of xenomorphs yeah, like right. you see marines you see the space marines but you don't see a lot of xenomorphs and i think that that that's going to be something i'm much the best only several people have seen my design for the xenomorph and the best way i could describe it is do you remember that those nine the 90 kenner line the 90s kenner lines from aliens yeah so mm -hmm. they had the gorilla and they had the rhino the score, yes. yes yeah yeah it's gonna be like a hybridized version of it you know it's gonna okay. be you're gonna be able to tell it was from me but 
it's not gonna be necessarily a tradition like the big chap or yeah. like the warriors anymore like we've mm-hmm. seen those. it's time to tell a new story and mm-hmm. um one of the things that really like pushed me to do this because i was thinking i had a poll on instagram i'm like do you guys want to see a resident evil universe or do you want to see alien versus predator alien versus predator won by a landslide victory yeah, I, can <laughs> I still want to do resident evil because I, I got some ideas for that that would be totally dope to see you on screen yeah um but alien avp i feel is uh you know the xenomorph project is it might be one of the things I was always going to do or like things were already like headed there since I was mm-hmm. a child. Cause I've mm-hmm. just been in love with this stuff, man. Yeah. I've been in love with Xenomorph since I was, since I could talk. <laughs> and I think everything that I've learned, I'm like, all right, if I'm gonna do it, gotta happen now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you, um, uh, dang it. I had a good question. I lost it. Go ahead, Greg. <laughs> well, Damn it. Because I'm looking at your uh, your post that you did about AVP, and it, it's the you know coming in 2022, um, mm-hmm. and what a lot of people don't realize is that uh, Giger, the the original artist for Aliens, okay. he he had so many different designs, and like even his other work that has that same kind of xenomorph feel to it. But he gets into some like really interesting like tech organic kind of stuff that I, mean, I, I when I just remember being like early college and I, I had met my wife and one of oh we lost you. walk around for okay. forever we lost you for a second sorry Go oh ahead. okay well I was just saying that that my my good time date when we were in college we would uh, go around. Barnes and Noble and just look at stuff. And I would always tend to go to the art books and I would pick up a couple of the Giger books that were there and just page through them. Yeah. So you got a lot to work with and you can do some really cool stuff. Yeah. I've been trying to to tap more into his work and um the the biomechanics is one of the things that really excites me the most. Yeah. Like how could you make something that's organic but also mechanical at the same time and, and since i would say for the past couple of weeks i've been like re-watching all of the alien films even the non-canon ones me and avp mm-hmm. you know just going through it and um not to get too philosophical excuse me philosophical or deep but i think when you creating creatures like that it's very important that you understand the life cycle like okay. the xenomorph life cycle is like mm-hmm. from the overmorph being an egg, being the face hugger, the chest burster, and what they grow into. Yeah. And um, it's so many variations and so many different ways you could take it because yeah. the face hugger, like what it implants on and what it chooses as the host, is basically going to be that second base DNA for the xenomorph. That's so what I was going to say. Um, it lands one... on a dinosaur. It's totally yeah. different. Yeah. When I when I heard um when I heard them break down the because I I was look, the xenomorph is one of the most creative next to the predator's face. It's one of the most creative creatures ever created. Right. (laughs) It just is. And one thing that the guy said when he was creating it, and I never noticed this until I until they said it. And then I noticed it in every movie. But they also create their dna to their environment so on the nostromo it became Mm -hmm. very 
tubular, very yeah. um, black, sleek. You could barely, like, you know, right. like, so when it was hanging up in all those tubes and all those uh, things up there, you had no idea it was there. And mm-hmm. he said, like, that was the point of this creature is the perfect organism because not only does it take the DNA from the human, but as it's growing, like, as it bursts out of the chest, and now as it's going through the pipes and the sewer systems of the ship, yep. it's creating that type of camouflage to where it looks like it's just part of the ship. Yeah, it's basically like terraforming wherever it needs to terraform. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and the the part the part that you talked about was the scene that used to freak me out the most when they first when the Marines went in and and the Xenomorph was just like part of the wall and it's like, dude, how did you not yeah. see that? Yeah. But I get it. You never saw a Xenomorph before, right? Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> what always got me. Was yeah. the one where the guy in the first movie was looking for the cat, and you saw like that mm. thing come down behind mm. him. That was that always got me. That made me go, damn. Yeah. But I remember my question, Tris. How far are you to? Because it seems to me like you're so close. You know, you got these these Everest of creating characters that are already created, and you're trying to put your own little Tris spin into them. When does it become a Tris original? Like, how far are you from there? Like, what sketches have we just, like, played with where it's a Triss original creature from something? Yeah, I got a couple ideas from originals as far as, like, some of the alter egos or me from, like, earlier stages in my life. Because uh, one of the things that I will say is that a lot of the creatures that I create now, they were human at some point. Okay. But I think the Mm -hmm. xenomorph... And a predator is gonna be uh, a good icebreaker for me because these were always predators and these were always xenomorphs. So I could just get rid of the human form, with the exception of the the, the predator because they are hominoids. Yeah. But I, I I got some really cool creatures that I've been uh, thinking about and drawing up that I think will really be. It would be great for me, but it might be a little bit messed up for other people. You see, <laughs> well, and I, well, and I've always said what I really wanted to see out of those AVP films, and they turned into more action pieces. And and I think even to this day, they still make the mistake of there there needs to be a human element to these films. And I'm like, no, there doesn't. I mean, it just I want to see like we glimpsed the Predator home world like that. It was a super quick. Here's a shot of it and the ship taking off, but we don't know their society. We don't know. Um, we haven't seen a lot of it and yes, there's a little bit more in like the books and the comics and things like that, but the general public hasn't seen how they're made up. I mean, what are the creatures that they have on their planet? I mean, we saw like the dog like creature from the predator one with, uh, Brody and Topher grace and and, and predators. Yeah. Yeah, Predators. Um, we've seen some things like that, but I, I think there's probably a lot more that we haven't seen. And, they just keep wanting to bring them to earth. And I'm like, no, go. I want to see their home planet. I want to see something yeah. based on that. Or just show the war, just show a war. Like they're going against the xenomorphs and like show a, yeah. show a good war. Yeah. I would love to do something like that. Just like a AVP home world type yeah. of type of movie. And, and that's kind of one of the things I want to explore in 2022. Like, how does that look like without the whole being on earth element? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. How does the head honcho of the Yaucha tribe look? You know, we yeah. see him in toys or we see him mm-hmm. 
and like some of the, the the books, like you said, but it's just like how how does that stuff play out on the big screen? Like how do you how does that look in person? And I would man, if I got a chance to make an AVP movie, <laughs> I would I would pull out some stuff that's been in the back of my mind for years. It probably you know would what? be a lot better. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. I probably wouldn't have, and like like you said, I probably wouldn't have any human actors in it. Probably it'll yeah, be there, all it'll, it'll be all be. practical with some CGI in it and it would be a very it would be a serious creature film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I good. wouldn't we're, have anybody in it. We're uh, <laughs> we're we're sorely lacking good monster movies. And I hate yeah. that. Me too. I hate that because yeah. I feel for me. Like I came up in '88. I grew up in eight. I grew up in 1988. By the time I got here, I, it was Aliens. I was mm-hmm. a little bit younger for Alien, mm-hmm, but it yeah. was Predator, Terminator. You know, yeah. Stan Winston. Stan Winston Studios was basically every other oh, year yeah. throwing out masterpieces. Yeah. By the time I was five in '93, I had Jurassic Park. So when yeah. it comes to creatures and movies, there's nothing you could show me or tell me that's gonna tell that's gonna like surprise me. I've seen like all of it, <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying. So, and I just felt, I just feel like the last cool creature. Well, um, the White Walkers from the Tomorrow War were pretty dope too. But we we could save that for a. Uh, I haven't time. seen that movie yet, so yeah, I'll have to check that out. Pretty, pretty dope creature. I'm okay. gonna be honest with you, I'm kind of picky when it comes to my creatures, but yeah. I was impressed. Okay, I was too. Highly impressed. Highly okay. Impressed. You know what? But I, I, go, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I just feel um, what CGI has done has uh, kind of diluted monster making and mm-hmm. creatures. Oh, because yeah. I, it, it, no, don't get me wrong. CGI is very helpful when you mix and blend the two together the right mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Correct. But there's nothing like seeing the creature in the camera and i think it does something different to the actors too because i really appreciate like one of the last practical films that i've seen and this was a while ago um where i looked at the behind the scenes and i really saw them going for it was underworld with the likeness yeah and since then it's just been like well it's cheaper just to do this in zbrush or cgi yeah you know and it's like come on y'all Come on. Yeah. Well, John and I are a sucker for a good werewolf film. We've oh, talked okay. about that on the show before. I'm really interested to see Werewolves Within, that dark comedy that uh, just released, I believe. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, the sheriff. On, yeah. It's on Amazon. Um, yeah. The that. sheriff. Uh, I've, I've seen him in a co- He's in actually the Tomorrow War. He was the, the black guy in Tomorrow the comedic War. Comedic Relief? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, and he, yeah. And that he dude plays. He is. He's very funny. He plays the sheriff of this town where he's like, there's werewolves. And everybody's like, nah. And it's <laughs> him and the AT&T girl, um, who is actually a really good actress in her own right. She is, yeah. Uh, but, you know, when you're talking about, like, the CGI just kind of not having the same, the same feel or the, the same, you know, that spark to it. I remember watching uh, the remake of It, uh, parts one mm. and two. And Pennywise, to me, when it was Tim Curry and it was the the, the made-for-TV miniseries, he was terrifying um, as Pennywise. And then with with practical effects. 
and now like yeah i didn't what well, as soon you could just tell as soon as they went to the cgi portion you're like eh, it's, it's just not as terrifying um yeah yeah I, I and agree. i just i didn't feel it as as scary as it could have been had it been a practical effect yeah you know what alien was overrated or underused the i don't know if you Tristan, you might have actually collected this toy, okay? The action figure, the alien action figure from Independence Day, the first one. Mm, remember okay. that? That's a great remember that. alien that, that was, was never used. Design. It was very a good design. Brilliant design, but it was never used properly. You barely saw it. And Will you Smith mean like a, Oh, okay. I was gonna say, you mean like that bio suit that the yeah, actual like the alien was like, in the back? Yeah, and, yeah. Yep. yeah, that was dope. And you know what? I did have the big version of that from Toys R Us with the yeah. opening up face. <laughs> yes, we had the little uh, the small Martian in it. Yeah, the small Martian. <laughs> I, I thought, that. wow, like I th- I wanted to see those guys come out of the ship and like have I don't know like a, a fight, and I I didn't get it. I just got Will Smith yeah. kicking it in a parachute. Yep. Yeah. You know that's another. Well, that's another one. You know, yeah. heading back to the the Tomorrow War, um, what which the creature design I felt was very solid, but I remember watching it, and I'm like, they are a step away, and and it'll never happen, but they are a step away from doing the Brood from the X Men books. Oh yeah. Mm. Um, when I saw those aliens from from Tomorrow War, I'm like, oh, I was the Brood. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty similar. It's not as buggy. Yeah. As the brood was, um, yeah. but like their faces with like the long teeth and, and whatnot. I'm like, and then that just got me thinking. I'm like, man, if Marvel were to get it together and actually do a brood invasion, that would be cool. That would that, that would be dope. that would time be out, a- time out. I think you're insulting my, my my Marvel. Are you telling me like they haven't gotten it together? Well, with now with the X Men. I mean, oh, I think okay, okay, all right, misunderstood because right. the brood already. Yeah, I'm like, damn, you're pretty thing. harsh. <laughs> John, gives if me Marvel shit. ain't got it together, I'm like, John shit. gives me shit all the time for giving shit to Marvel. Like, like, please, not... bro. No, I I love Marvel, I do. Um, but it, like, I think what we're gonna see with this fractured timeline is this is how the X Men are gonna be able to be introduced to the MCU, and like, if if it was like in ten years they did a brood, a invasion. brood invasion, yeah. And and it you know focus on the X Men and then bring in the other the other MCU universe. I think that'd be awesome. Hey, uh, Tris, have you seen Black Widow? You know what? I've yet to see it. Yeah, have yet to see it. Okay, we won't I've discuss it then. It. I've been <laughs> telling myself, hey, sit down and watch Black Widow. Sit down and Black Watch Widow. But I've been in here. I've been in here. I, I should just turn it on and and just like watch it while but i actually want to sit down and get into that because yeah. I, I think she's a really cool character yeah. um i don't know why i haven't i have disney plus but <laughs> i just need to just sit down and do it but i've been hearing good things about it i've been hearing really good things about it and i have that's on my to-do list yeah. but i've really just been watching old school monster flicks okay so you're in that creative state right now yeah i get I, that I, i'm writing, locked in bro but i understand what you're saying yeah you're locked in in your creative state so you're watching a lot of you're pulling back from really like movies that basically started your imagination as a child right yeah yeah like everything from like i would say from alien on up to the last conjuring movie 
because uh, I've been playing with a, a lot of uh, demonic symbolism <laughs> when it okay. comes to this. Okay. When it comes to this this character and, and, and what it means and what these three characters mean, like a recipe for somebody to be possessed or so how to mm-hmm. be swayed over to doing things that you wouldn't necessarily do. So I've been watching that. I was just watching Leviathan the other day. That's a, oh, that's a Leviathan. Yeah. That's a sleeper. Yeah. That's a sleeper. I, I actually don't like that one. I like the other one. It came out the same time. It was with Which, Treat Williams was the hero in that one. The one oh, I'm talking about. Um, Deep Sea C- C6 or something like that. Deep Star 6? Yes. They, that was like a crustacean okay. monster. That yeah. was a I gotta cool rewatch that monster. One. I got to rewatch that one. I watched... I watched Leviathan because I, I remember grabbing it from the video store. I watched Leviathan Great poster, thinking, by the way, thinking I was grabbing the abyss. So, oh. and then I'm watching it. It's like, this, I don't think this is the same movie that I saw like in the trailer. <laughs> That's funny. Like, but where? Leviathan was, a, it's a sleeper, man. People gave it, uh, it, uh, me being younger at the time. I mean, I yes. didn't, didn't think about criticism. I'm like, yo, this is dope. I don't care what anybody thinks. Like, yeah. this creature. But then, you know, I, I see people kind of bashing it for the thing and alien type of uh, inspiration. But I thought it was pretty cool. And it's good to yeah. see Peter be somebody other than Robocop. Like, that's true. Yep. Yeah. That so is true. Peter Weller, man. That's so <laughs> I I'm kind of curious. I mean, we, we're talking monster movies now, and, and this is where we're going to go all over the place. Um, Like, I, I like I said, we're a sucker for a good werewolf film. What what's your favorite werewolf design? Oh yeah, that's a good one. Woo! Dog soldiers. Ah, see that's, ah. that's I was thinking that one. The lichen from Underworld has to be number mm-hmm. one. Dog soldiers is a solid two. Um while you're thinking, Trish, did you pick the lichens as number one because it gears towards less cgi and more makeup and effects or is it just a a a design that you you particularly really liked just from the aesthetics period okay and you want to know what's funny i'm glad that you you asked was it a a werewolf above me because honestly man bat started out as a lichen i wanted to oh Before I did man bad. So if you see some of the things like the super thick neck, the yeah. way to get you the grade, you know, it has a lot of like and inspiration from it. And uh, mm-hmm. shout out to Steve Wang too. He actually he liked it. He liked my man bad. So that was that was that was dope. Nice. That's cool. Um, yeah, but dog soldiers and the liking. I would say another and another another good CGI werewolf, the the Van Helsing. Uh, yes, but, uh, thank see, you. I I like that. That was a good werewolf. I loved I, it. I it, uh, again, it was CGI, but I really I did love the design because that was dope. very like yes. a humanistic like muscle muscled beast. But yeah. I like the snout. I, I like the the elongated snout with the ears and the big yep. fangs, and yep. I thought that was good. The closest <laughs> I think I'd seen that that on like a practical effect. I mean, you're going back to like Silver Bullet or. Even uh, the, old, the old uh, 1980s TV series called Werewolf. Thank you, Greg. You know how much I love that show. Uh, yep. That's where they had a guy. He must have had like the metal 
like stilts or something like that that he had on his front and then something on his back but but i i'm i'm sorry i'm disrespecting somebody american werewolf in london has oh, to yeah be oh my gosh you you're right man what is wrong with i'm us? sorry i'm yes. sorry rick rick baker yeah i am so sorry that is tied for me that's tied with the underworld liking and the underworld i'm gonna I'm tell you the reason why i like the underworld liking Okay. The underworld liking, I like it because it's not necessarily all covered in hair. Correct. You know, yeah. you can see some of the muscle striations where yeah. one, mm-hmm. I like that when I look at a creature, I like to be able to know the story or be able to like tell kind of who they were before they transferred. The differentiation, yeah. 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 I agree. And I think the, the likings really did that for me. Yeah, and um, I I was a big fan of how they did the 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 I think not Victor who was the other guy in part two the vampire they did a really good job with that makeup what was the oh, vampire's yeah, name yeah, yeah. in part two I what forgot his name the Scottish actor yeah yeah and it was th- there are three old names like Victor and Arthur and something else like they're very old names but yeah when they woke him up. Uh, that was really good makeup. Yeah, yeah, that was really good makeup. Um, what about uh the um you got you didn't like the uh, Benicio del Toro werewolves? You didn't like those that in the when I was going to bring that man? up. I you know what? That's a sleeper. That's a sleep. I'm, I like it. That's more classic. More yeah. classic yeah. than what I would. I liked it, but yeah. I, it was still a little bit too more human. Okay, for me. But, but I, I, I love I little like, too Teen Wolf for you. I I liked it though. It oh, it was really Teen good. Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> I I you know my favorite part of that movie. I think it's an underrated movie. I thought it was good once you just accept for what it is. I thought it was a good movie. I I I really appreciated how how brutal talking, and talking fast. about the Wolfman, right? Yeah, the Wolfman yeah, with yeah, Benicio wolf. del Toro. Yeah, when they were in the gypsy like camp. And that yeah. wolf is tearing through them, and just that one oh, he guy when he puts up a gun, and it's like a it's it's like a car hit a hit a like sheep, and it's just boom, and it's just the force that that creature had. I loved how they how they did that. It was it was good. Yeah, yeah. I got I got to rewatch that one too. I got to yeah. rewatch that one. What I love about when when you start talking movies is it just starts to churn your memory. Yeah. About all these other things because we're talking we're talking werewolf and wolfman and of course wolfman got nards popped right into my head so monster squad wolfman mm-hmm. which wasn't bad i mean i'm looking at i'm gonna put this up on the screen i forgot what he looked like i know he didn't he have a coat on like a uh he had a he had a ripped shirt but i'm gonna throw this yeah. up on the screen he was Sorry. he was decent. He was yeah. he was good. That was I, another one that came. Oh from. yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was a really you... good one. Hey Greg, type in the howling. The howling. Yeah. The first. Is one. that the one? So it's this one werewolf movie where they're stuck on a train. I saw it was a CGI werewolf, but I, I don't. I'm okay, probably gonna think Greg, go to the one podcast. all the way in, the, in at the far end, uh, at the top. Yeah. That guy. That's that's a good one. Yeah, that yeah, one, Trist, Trist, that one scared the. Sh- that's the one where Eddie like transforms in that, uh, like against like he transforms in. Uh, it's 
one of the scariest transformations I ever saw. And what freaked me out about this movie, Tris, was that they didn't need a full moon. They changed whenever they wanted yeah. to. Mm. I was out of my Here's mind. another the, decent yeah. shot. The rest oh, of the yeah. howlings, the rest of the howlings are horrific. They're horrible. But that <laughs> the first one is solid. And this oh. is 1981. Yes. Go up to see. You see where Eddie's changing right there? I already remember the character. I think it looks like it's a little play thing. If you go this all one? the way up at the top. This one. Yeah. yeah that's that one. Yeah. I like YouTube video. Oh, is it a YouTube that's video? Stuff. It is a YouTube video. Yeah. If you actually YouTube Eddie's transformation from the Howling, it's a work of art. I, I would put that on par with Rick Baker's American Werewolf in London transformation. Yeah, I would. By Bob Botton. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Tris, that, watch I got, that. I got, I got to rewatch that one. Yeah, I gotta watch, and you one. should. I mean, it, it's a classic. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. man, that, that's dope. That's dope. I love, I love werewolf movies. Oh, I think dude, werewolves do just don't get the respect, man. It's all I about found out the why they don't. I found out why they don't. It's too expensive to. Um, okay. To oh, really? Those, yeah, I, I transformations. I, wait, 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 wait. Transformations, and they don't want to do CGI because how we're talking about CGI worlds, like we don't really like them. But there you go. Yeah. That's the Van Helsing. This is, this is Van Helsing. If you're gonna go CGI, that's it. It yes. really is. That's it. But but here's the thing, I don't see making a really good practical werewolf suit being any more expensive than making a horde of zombies. Oh, okay. Good. Good point. Yeah, you have a good point. I don't, there. I don't, and it's just like zombies and vampires have been like ruling the past like mm-hmm. 10, 15 years when it comes to movie movies. Yeah. I just don't see it being that right. expensive, or I think it would be less expensive because you don't have to pay extras and like that's less makeup art. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't know, but I, I do understand that it is, you know, well, expensive. I- I am excited about this new Netflix film. Uh, is it Blood Air? Is that the name of it? it? It's Vampires on a Plane. And oh, 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 that's right. Okay. There's there's a trailer out there. You sent it to me, John. Yes, it's, it's creepy. It's yeah. creepy, but it's creepy in a good way. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. seen it, Tristan. It's a Netflix show about you're watching the trailer. And uh, maybe if I, if I can, Greg, you're Facebook friends with them, right? I think you can send that trailer to them or something. But yeah. anyway, yeah, we can. Yeah, um, it's it starts. The trailer starts out. You start out pretty much like, oh, this is just one of those flight movies, and all of a sudden it takes a left turn, and you're like, whoa, I didn't expect this. Mm. Oh, this looks really good. Blood Red Sky is the Blood name Red Sky. Blood. That's it. I've yeah. heard I'm that good. title. Yeah, it lo- it looks good. And to be honest, I was really hoping she was a werewolf when she started to change on the plane, but she's a vampire. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's a it's a mom who has to take an overnight transatlantic flight to get to somewhere where she's safe but then hijackers take over the plane and they're redirecting the flight and now it's you know she's she's gonna vamp out and yeah but then and it looks like it's one of those uh almost um oh what's the uh, i want to say 20 days later but that's not it uh the vampires in alaska um what was that movie? Oh, based on, I know based what you're talking about. Um, uh, yeah. 30, ah, 30 days a night. 30 days a night. Days night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, almost yeah. like a Steve Niles design vampire where uh, it, it, it's, you know, if you get bit, you're changing within 
like a couple minutes kind of yeah. kind of thing or or a short amount of time so she starts feeding on the plane all of a sudden this whole plane is now full of vampires and there's a kid involved so i think it's protect the kid you know don't let the yeah. vampires get off the plane kind of deal so i'm excited yeah. to see it me too i think it's gonna be a good one how do you guys feel about the kids always making it out um, you want a kid to die don't you how dare you <laughs> you know what <laughs> hey listen i i was if i i had this dream that was very funny because i always said i wanted to like make a jurassic park movie and i had in the dream uh i got turned down and bashed for a kid dying <laughs> oh in one of the opening scenes because it was okay. like hey you know we're gonna shoot it we're gonna let people know that this is r-rated this is real and um i had a raptor killer kid and the studios didn't like that no shit well i mean actually i can see that because studios look at money they don't look at well, good storytelling they're like now we a, can't sell any merch i'm like but it's not it's a very <laughs> american point of view i mean when yeah. you look at american films what uh some when i really started to go to cons and this was when at a convention you could find tables and tables of import and pirated videos right um yep. and I really got into like the Asian film market, like getting, so I, Jackie Chan, uh, movies that were released, you know, like three years prior to they, when they would hit the States and, and Jet Li and, and stuff like that. And I was watching one, it was a Jet Li film. I think it was actually called the bodyguard. And I remember, do you that remember the shoe? Familiar. Do you remember the shoes that had the little lights in the heels? Yes. Like when you step, they'd light up. Yeah. Um, so they're in a house, it's pitch black. And the bad guys see this kid's sneaker, like, lighten up and goes, boom, completely <laughs> blows off the kid's heel. And you're like, they shot a kid. I mean, it, it was just one of those things. And so I started to look at it. They're like, yeah, that's a very American film market thing of, like, there's no violence against kids. You don't do that. The, the fact that they I get away from that. it. The fact I didn't that they that. get away really? from that's... Well, yeah, in, in Stephen King novels, there's violence against kids. I mean, obviously with, well, yeah, yeah that's, that's always a huge kids. thing. <laughs> Salem's <laughs> lot. One of the creepiest things I've ever seen on film was Salem's lot. When the kid's floating in the air and he's like, let me, yes. let me in. And you're like, well, they're, mm-hmm. they don't like that at all. Um, but like the Asian film market didn't have that hang up. They're like, no, if they're, and if you watch like train of Bursan, which is a zombies on a train kind of film, mm-hmm. they're like, yeah. no zombies don't care if you're a child or not. Right. They're going to kill right. everybody. They're going to they're try to kill babies. Everybody. Right? Like, it's, oh. Yeah, that's interesting you, you asked that question, Tris, because if if the story, if it works, yes. If you were doing that for shock value, no. But if you were doing that because you were showing that, hey, look, raptors don't care. They look at that as the weak link. Mm-hmm. And we're going to take you out. Then that would, it would set a, it would definitely set a tone for whatever your vision was, right? Mm-hmm. The this one was thing a dream I, too, so this yeah. wasn't the real trick. <laughs> right. The one thing that I would disagree. The one thing that I hate is when, like, let's go to that movie Dawn of the Dead, where I think it was a right. teenage girl that loved that dog so much she had to just basically ruin the plan for everybody and get the dog, and that allowed. Remember when she crawls into that space to get the dog? Oh, right. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And the zombie stops the door and he starts crawling in and now all of a sudden all hell's breaking loose and they have Correct. to like that's Accelerate like when you put a kid in that moment or you put a a 
I call and forgive me, audience. I call that the dumb female. That's the one that I feel like the dumb female should die there, or the dumb the yeah. dumb character should die right there because you just put everybody in danger for a dog. Right. And I get it. I love dogs. Don't come at me, John Wick. I love dogs. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Red dot show up on his t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. But, but yeah, but in that same film, the first zombie you see is like a kid, a ten-year-old girl. Yes, now you don't right. see her. You don't see her attacking the viscerator or anything like that. But she shows up, and you're like, yeah. okay, she's a zombie. Yeah. Um, God, that's, that's another. Like, I gotta, re- I gotta rewatch. That yeah. was another. Because when you think about it, all right, I deal with big aggressive lizards. That big aggressive lizards on a day-to-day basis. I love them. They're my children. They mm-hmm. have shitty days, right? There's no way in hell you're surviving a shitty day with a raptor right? or a tyrannosaur. If I was to make a Jurassic World movie or Jurassic Park movie, yeah. let's be real. There's no survivors. Right. Humans don't survive that movie. Realistically are you telling me, speaking, hang on, you're telling me the hero with the six pack does not get away? Chris Pratt is screwed. Tris, he has a six pack. Don't you understand that? That's like a. That's like... I, I understand. I understand. I understand Jeff Goldblum laying on the on the table too. I understand all of that. I understand Laura Dern running through. I understand Bryce Dallas Howard's heels. Nobody survives, bro. Nope. Nobody nope. survives. You are correct. Nope. Yeah, I know. It wouldn't last very long if we had dinosaurs. I remember having a conversation yeah. with somebody, and they're like, "Wouldn't that be cool if that actually existed?" I was like, "No, not at all, nah, bro." <laughs> if it, and then people say it's so cool. Come on, man! In Florida, they can't even they can't even deal with an outbreak of iguanas, and you yeah, want dinosaurs yeah. Yeah. or anacondas up. or anacondas in the uh, <laughs> Everglades? They can't handle that. Yeah, no. you can't handle this. No, that's not, oh. that's not what you want. That's not. Right. It sounds great. So, but uh, it's, it's not what place. you want. Yeah, you've heard of Wisconsin Dells, right, Tris? Don Chicago, you've heard of that place? Okay. Um, so there's a place up there. It's called Alligator Alley, and yes. it is it is right across from one of the big old water parks. And I, my kid, my son, is just a major animal freak. So he he's like, "Can we go there?" I'm like, "Yeah, let's go check it out." And I thought it was just going to be like a like a zoo, like go in. Look at some reptiles, look at some gators. No, you can buy like live rats to chuck these things into their big pens. And, you know, it's mm. you, you can okay. feed snakes, you can feed the gators. Yeah. And uh, they've got a, a it's nature couple of turtles that you can just, you know, chuck mice in there. And, you know, looking at those, I mean, and these are, I mean, they're gators. And so everybody knows what that's like. And see them like how they fight for food taking extrapolating that to like yeah like a, a velociraptor kind of stuff yeah. like yeah we're all dead yeah <laughs> like yeah, no one, no one it's 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 it doesn't end well for us i'll tell you that much <laughs> no hey tristan how would you survive a zombie apocalypse i would survive a zombie apocalypse by being very stealthy and not being seen at all I think at mm-hmm. some point it's probably going to be less about the zombies and more about the people. I mean, we saw how the fight for toilet paper changed people. Oh, <laughs> Let, let's think about a, a zombie oh, apocalypse. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And that's I, I mean, I've like had to like back out of aisles at Target here in Chicago when it first broke out. I'm like, yeah. okay, things getting a little heated. 
I'm gonna just go wait right here and get my yeah. toilet paper. But uh, surviving a zombie apocalypse is just more about resources, fighting when you have to, and just staying the hell out of the way. Yeah. Only because I've thought of this on several occasions. This is this is a conversation my wife and I have all the time. Like, are we ready for the zombie apocalypse? <laughs> How is Gre- your cardio? <laughs> like, can you make Mine a fire? Nope. <laughs> like, do yeah. we have canned goods? Like, um, Greg and I have had several conversations about this, and it was like all of a sudden we had an epiphany that, wait a minute, we just have to pretty much wait a month. Yeah, because they'll either they'll rot and they, their muscles will not allow them to move anymore. <laughs> right. And we're like, all we have to do is just hunker down and just hang out for a month and not really just quarantine. Yeah, uh, it was. Yeah, it really. I mean, if you can survive quarantine, it went up by quarantine means you don't go anywhere. Um, and then again, be quiet, you know, figure out how you can survive. And if you know, because of where we live, if it's in the middle of winter, they freeze solid outside. So that's okay um and then in the summer with uh you know almost triple digit heat sometimes you're you're looking at i mean the body falls apart pretty dang quick and so the rate of decay you don't you don't have to you don't have to like the walking dead should all take place within like a matter of three months and then everybody's like so how are we gonna put this back together again (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) but then you gotta think it's just like with each zombie film they always kind of like throw a twist on it and it's just like when you think about the science of a decaying body right yeah. yeah you're right it really wouldn't last that long but like whatever's keeping them reanimated for that time is like the mm-hmm. biggest like yeah worry yeah. because well, i'll be honest with you we had the, you know uh the Zack snyder film that just came out uh army of, army the, dead. of the dead yeah those were some bad zombies well Not they were sure they were mutating yeah yeah they were like mutated some were like mechanical i'm like huh Oh, oh yeah, they haven't, they haven't gotten into that. The robot zombie. No. Oh, I don't want to spoil anything if you didn't no, see no, it. No, 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 no. We saw it. We talked about it. Okay, like, okay, okay. Because I literally was... frame by frame that, and I was like, that is a fucking robot. Like, yeah. what, what are they, they trying brought... to say here? Yeah, they brought so many questions in that movie. They brought up so many. You were like, was that a UFO I just saw? Okay. Yes, it was. Is this a UFO mm-hmm. zombie? Like, why is that a robot? Was that was that was that a gear? Like, did his eyes flash like first? Yeah. You know, you start checking all this stuff out, and you're like, "What the hell is actually going on here?" And I'm yeah. gonna be honest with you, I thought I was tripping when I first saw it. I'm like, "Wait, I saw blue sparks." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I now the UFO part totally missed it. Totally missed it when that, mm-hmm. that opening scene. Me too. I missed um, it too. I I watched a couple of reviews on YouTube that like. Same talked about that i'm like wait what yeah and it was clear as day i'm like oh, okay it's a lot of screen to look at but <laughs> yeah. yeah totally trist did you watch uh loki i didn't you haven't I watched did. I, got, I got a whole list that i'm gonna just yes, sit you do. down okay. yes you do, do. Binge. i haven't seen anything on disney plus since the mandalorian okay which means i'm so out of the know y'all I'm so out okay, of I'm just curious. Just curious. I've noticed <laughs> that you have a lot of. It's all DC behind you. Are you? Mm-hmm. Do you tend to? That's more your, your. Uh, I guess your universe your fandom. Yeah. 
it's more of my fandom and also I wanted to stick with this universe and these characters because I know them a little bit better than I do the Marvel characters. Okay, I, fair enough. My other Marvel squad that I was going to do, I was going to do my own version of the X-Men. I don't think I've ever said that out loud, but um, the X-Men were on the table and I wanted to do my own version of a uh, Justice League Dark. And how would that mm-hmm. look if I swapped out some of the characters? And you know, how how mad are you that Benicio del Toro didn't follow through on that? Um, he was gonna do a Justice League Dark. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm mad about it, but it keeps popping up every other year. I, that's like, the most JJ Abrams. JJ yeah. Abrams was connected to the last iteration of it. So, man, that's one of my favorite things. Yeah, I love that. Well, and since Johnny brought up Benicio del Toro, um, I I just watched all the Hellboy films this weekend, and I think you would do a killer Hellboy. Oh, yes, Tris. I mean, I know she's sticking to DC, but but I love Hellboy, and Hellboy is nice. Your style would fit pretty. I could see you doing a right hand of doom. Oh, yeah, that, that would be cool. Yeah, honestly, there might be a little bit of Hellboy in the trousers. I don't know. I don't know. He's pulling from a lot of areas, but yeah, Hellboy is somebody that I I, I love that character. Yeah. You know, he was supposed to be a DC character, mm-hmm. but back then the whole theme of hell and you know they, yeah, they, they turned it down. Yeah, but he was supposed to be a DC character. I didn't well, know thank, that. Thank God he went to Dark Horse because I mean, I think they they let him do a lot more than be him yeah. than DC oh, would have yeah. let him do and develop the character. And it brought a great, it, it brought great, uh, income to dark horse that they were able to do a lot of other projects too. So yeah. Shout yeah. out to dark horse. They got yeah. a good alien line too. Their um, alien line was amazing. Their alien predator lines were when I found out now I've heard that Marvel's doing right by them and that they're, they're decent. Um, but you, I would suggest anybody go and pick up the omnibus of. Uh, I think there's four or five omnibus of Alien books from Dark Horse because they're yeah. great, and they go there too. Like they they go there. They're not afraid. I was really impressed with that. I forgot the name of the book, but I was very impressed with how true they stayed to that universe. Yeah. Even well, just you're... reading it, I felt like I was in an Alien movie. I'm like, this is good. On the, on the topic of killing kids in films, um, <laughs> that's going to be the I title was, of this podcast. I was, I was shocked. I didn't really like the entirety of the film, but the second Alien versus Predator, where they've got the pred alien, you know, landing on Earth like minutes after the first one, um, when they started killing off the teenagers, I did not see that coming because because I'm like the first film was more like an action piece and less of a horror or anything like that, and then. With the alien, I don't know if it was a spear or one of those like big saw blade things like they had in Krull. Um, but he staples like the female teenage lead like, to the to wall. wall. Yeah. Just I was like, oh, wow, they that did was, that. I did not that see that good. coming. I, I like can't it. remember this. Oh, yeah. It's, it, I'm it comes gonna be up, honest with you. Comes that movie wasn't field. the most memorable. Oh, okay. I had to rewatch it to like remember some like you remember it for the key scenes, right? But it was so, I'm like, yeah, okay, okay. It wasn't it wasn't great. It wasn't great. It was it wasn't that, great. 
the end, but like, and it sucked because it was the Pred Alien was such a cool idea. The the climax of the film, and you can tell you're getting there because you're like, well, the film's not super long. This is the climax of the film, and you're like, it doesn't feel like the climax of the film. It feels yeah. like it feels like this is just a regular old action scene. And then the movie ends, and you're like, that's it. Okay. It was a very small movie. And I say small because it doesn't really feel like they took us anywhere. No, they really didn't. It didn't push it, the story it, forward. It didn't. It like took place in like one neighborhood. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. But the Fred Alien was dope. <laughs> yeah. So you had me with that. So I'm going to throw a question at you here, Tris. You have all the creative power in the world. How do you fix the DC universe? On film, how do you do it? Oh, the okay, okay. So what I would do, I would just, I mean, the best way to do it, I think they're kind of heading there. We're playing with the timelines as okay. far as like the character of the Flash. I think you could do some things by like introducing multiverses. Mm-hmm. I think they're gonna toy around with that a little bit. But if I had all of the creative power, I would start with the Justice League Dark film. I, mm-hmm. I would start with a Justice League Dark film. People really love the Justice League Dark lineup. I would have that um, be a, a big movie of its own, probably like two hours, two hours and 30 minutes. Introduce a couple members of the main Justice League line, spin that off into a, a bigger film, but just only having a couple characters. Maybe not necessarily solo films, but like, Say, for example, have a follow-up Superman movie that includes Batman and maybe introduces a lantern of some sort. Mm -hmm. Um, I I would say what they would need to do is introduce characters in a more tactful way instead of shoehorning them in. You mean instead of, oh, here's a file we have on them. Yeah, that that file thing. I'm like, okay, they got to get there somehow. <laughs> With logos already, our marketing already. Um, yeah, I, I think it's uh, you know I get what Zack Snyder was trying to do, and I, it's just one of those things where you just gotta be you. I um, actually it, I, just I be think you. You're right. I appreciate now that I I think time has passed. I really appreciate what he was trying to do. He was really mm-hmm. quite brave. He and, was um, ahead of his time. Yeah. And I think people were just saying that like six years from now. Yeah. People weren't. And it's, yeah. And it was one of those things where Marvel got us a little used to kind of knowing what to expect. Yep. Kind of the cadence of a Marvel movie. And I'm not sure if people understand what Zack Snyder was trying to do with Batman v Superman. Because for him to have, first off, excuse my French, for him to have the balls to try to connect those three stories correct, in one film, that, t- listen, hats off to the brother, because mm-hmm. a lot of people wouldn't have had the, 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 the you know, the, the, the gumption to actually do that, to do the death of Superman, uh, to, to tell the story of the Trinity with the Dark Knight Returns, with elements of the Injustice story. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like this dude was going for it. And now we're just starting to see it. And thankfully, we got the, the Snyder Cut to kind of like show us like, hey, man, this dude had a, a, a vision. He did. Uh, he yep. had a vision. But 
I think one of the things that I always preach, and if you're on my, uh, you know, if you look at my timeline, I always try to preach originality as the artist and, and not always comparing ourselves to other people. Yeah. Or in this case, other movies, mm-hmm. other movie studios being Marvel. Right. Yeah, I and think I that was. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Telling that deeper, darker story, you know. Um, unfortunately, audiences just wasn't ready for that. And to be honest with you, um, I'm pretty sure you guys might have seen it, but for the listeners out there, if you haven't seen the uh, the ultimate version of Batman versus Superman with the extra. 30 minutes mm-hmm. much better movie than a theatrical oh, yes. extremely better movie oh my god like yep it was so many things they left out i'm like things right. made zach, see zach snyder I, I i kid you <laughs> i kid you not zach snyder either told some the wrong person to screw off or somebody really doesn't like him because right. people making all this hype about the zach the snyder cut i'm, I'm like wait, wait 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 people 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 this isn't the first time this has happened to Zack Snyder. Because mm-hmm. he got screwed with BVS and they made him the 30 minutes that they chose to cut were so vital. Yeah. And it's like, who did this dude? Did he screw somebody's wife in high school? <laughs> yeah. Because no, you're right. Was on, he, he was on the money. The Lex yeah. Luthor story made much yeah. more sense. Oh, you God. got more Clark Kent. Mm-hmm. And you really got to see how his Lex's dark plan really unraveled and how he like really played everybody. Yeah. And, and the theatrical that you saw in 2016, you don't get none of that. Yeah. No, you you're right. Yeah. I think I think it was the executives out there, obviously. I don't I don't know if they 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 were scared and they truly didn't understand his vision because I think what they thought Zack Snyder was going to do was they were going to bring the Marvel Cinematic Universe into the DC universe. So what I mean by that is they were going to go follow the exact same formula. Mm-hmm. Right. And Zach was like, look guys, we can't do that. Like right. this, this universe will run out before Marvel's even done because everybody's just going to think we're copying it. Mm-hmm. And so he came up with a great idea with, um, or I, he came up with his vision of how he wanted to execute this. And I, I applaud him for that. I think it just scared the shit out of everybody. It just scared it. Yeah. And you're right. Audiences weren't ready. Like, what's funny is I think we're ready now, but we weren't ready yeah. back then. I'll, I'll admit I was ready for. Uh, I was ready for the MCU's version of DC Universe. That's what I was ready for. I thought, OK, this, this mm. is the start of it. This is what we're going to see. And when I didn't get that, I was like, what? What the fuck's going on right because you're yeah. right i got spoiled by the way marvel did their thing and i thought right. awesome now i get to see this all in dc and no and the characters you can't the characters are so so much different they are so really so much different and that's why one of the things is just uh one of the reasons why i chose to stick with dc as far as expanding this universe the, the depth of the stories that you could tell with some of these DC characters. I mean, some of these DC characters have been around since. Mm-hmm. Man, there's so many different source materials you could pull from. Yeah. And it, I would say that the best way you could do that is by introducing them with, in bigger storylines and just like minimizing the heroes so we could really sit down with these characters. Because even if you made like, I don't know, think of like the most obscure 
uh, DC character. I mean, the trench, the trench. People yeah. don't know necessarily know the the history behind the trench and how in the fall of Atlantis they transformed. There's a whole movie you could do just yeah. about that, or a man bat. Like I, I try to aim for those uh, obscure characters to shine mm-hmm. some light on them and tell a, right. a news story, but it's just the richness of the DC characters. You can't you can't marvel them out. Yeah, I'm, I I don't think so. I think it, along those lines, I, I'm I'm with you on obscure characters. Um, I would Johnny and I have talked about this in the past too. I would actually focus on some of those unknown characters or or lesser known characters. Um, and that Blue I would, Beetle. yeah, I would, I'm telling you, uh, do you, Blue did you see Beetle. the, did you see the other guys with, uh, uh, Russell Crowe, um, uh, what's his name? Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling directed by Shane Black. The, 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 the director, those, the, those three played off each other. Fantastic. It's got some great action. It's got a lot of comedy to it. I would do like a, a booster gold blue beetle almost trilogy like give booster his mm. own give blue his own have them team up but i would keep i would keep the superman batman wonder woman characters like that trinity you you have them in the world you have the care you have them talking about them you you see them in the background around the media but you don't show them they're not the feature the feature is mm-hmm. these other heroes trying to live up to the standard of these big three and exactly and that that is how your universe would begin and that it just you know the, those bigger characters and the main the main characters are still the smaller ones but then they're growing and then eventually they're invited into like a JLA they're exactly. they're they're beginning to interact with these godlike icons and you work your villainy so that yeah it starts small but it's going to end up big Um, And you just touched on something that I was talking about the other day. I think one of the things why it worked for Marvel is because there's a sense of inclusivity when it comes to their characters and when it comes to their teams. Mm -hmm. But when you think of the Justice League or the Trinity, these are like one of ones. These are, like you said, God-like characters. Mm -hmm. There could only be a few. I don't, and that's another reason why you have to tell their story with more reverence mm-hmm. and, and a little bit slower because there's a lot to unpack, <laughs> like the yeah. last son of Krypton or like Diana of Themyscira. I mean, or even like I think a Martian Manhunter movie will be yeah. dope. Yeah, absolutely. And taking it back to like how he's the body that he chose as John Jones, you could tell mm-hmm. some historical pieces, a lot of iterations. You have him as a black guy. You have him as a white guy. Yeah. You, there's, there's historical things you could tell from that perspective. And also you could have it, um, be in parallel to the war that they had on Mars. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. there's, there's so much source material. Etrican, Speaking of uh, oh, Justice League oh, Dark, I love Etrigan. How dope would it be to see a live action Etrigan yeah. in a Justice League Dark movie, and you have like a medieval scene showing yeah. him? Come on, man! You Listen, could do. I you got could, the answers. You could I just need the money. Up. What's that? <laughs> I got the answers. Yeah. I just need the money. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I think Warner Brothers, he, call me. 
you actually, um, actually follow the MCU plan with just the Justice League Dark, that would take off. Yeah. You know, you do a Constantine, you do a Zantana, you do an Etrigan, you do a thing, and then they all bring them together to fight, like Trigon or whatever. I'm just saying, yeah, that would work too. That would that would really work. That would really I, work. You but bring it's just... a Martian Manhunter. I I could yeah. see that. Like he landed, like see him land on Earth in like the Civil War. And yes, you can play with the character here because most people don't know his history anyway. So you could have him land on Earth in the Civil War see that experience from maybe the north and the south and then have him yeah. go have him live through um the, you know the the Oklahoma the 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 black wall street you know the that is everybody is now discovering quote unquote um was it was <laughs> right. a real was a real thing and actually happened um you talking you about know, Tulsa or Tulsa yep. yes i'm sorry Tulsa Oklahoma um and you know have him it's just like bearing witness. Like he's not coming out as a, as a, a Martian. He's not coming out here. He's just observing mankind. And then when he finally does decide to appear, what is it? Like what, what is that driving force that makes him go? I need to, you know, reveal myself Identify. to humanity. Yeah. 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 You can and then you have like a, a, a future scene. Like if he does chooses to be a black guy and he's in a black neighborhood and, you know, he's at a bar and he bumps into somebody else from space, like John Stewart. Yeah. That's how you introduce the lanterns. I, yeah. I honestly, <laughs> I've always felt, and I, I have a lot of Justice League comics. I've got years and years of them. I always felt Martian Manhunter presented as a black character. Like, his, just how he, his view on things and his view on society and, and, um, overall his humanity, I guess I would say, I, I really, yeah. I always felt that that was, I, could, I, always, I agree. I always saw, and, well, the justice league cartoon kind of mm-hmm. had with that too, but I think it really draws parallel with how there was a war between the white and the green Martians yeah. on yeah. Mars. And I think I'm like, okay, it sounds like they had a little bit of a, you know, 60s, you know, civil rights movement mm-hmm. kind of yeah. inspiration coming from that. And the, and the way they wrote, I'm like, okay, I could see him being a brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's why in the cartoon, they had Phil, well, not Phil Lamar, but the other guy that voiced him. Mm-hmm. I forgot his name. I'm like, okay, that that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. And just, yeah. just like, it's just like the power in of a film like that, like you say, you know, with him being on both sides, North and South, like yeah. when he actually has a choice, who does he identify as? That's yeah. one of the most powerful things you could, could choose. Never mind all of the space and like intergalactic fights and stuff. That's dope too, but like there's a message behind that. Yeah, what's funny, Greg, we just watched The Watchmen on HBO. Oh my gosh. You know, the first series, so the first, yeah. the first opening episode yeah, I said, I said, that's a shame that this actually happened. And yeah. my wife goes, what are you talking about? I'm like, this Tulsa, real. this is like from history. That's that actually shit. happened. And she goes, no, it didn't. I go, yeah, honey, Google it. Like this happened. Mm-hmm. And I said, no. I, I was as shocked. I was as shocked as you when I first heard about it. Cause I didn't believe it either. Cause I was never taught it. It was never brought to my attention until Greg brought it to my attention when we were hand, because we were, in, we went through this phase like everybody else did in the world, where 
we were talking about race about every two or three yeah. episodes because shit was shit was going down in the world. And yeah, man. <laughs> and then they brought out and then they brought out uh, a Lovecraft country. Yeah. Lovecraft. They something they in touched there. on they, that too. Yeah, I yeah. think it was one of the later episodes that was dedicated. Yeah, to that. yeah, and that's when we started talking about it. And Greg was like, "That's this like really happened," and I was like, "Oh shit!" And it just, I don't know. I just remember that, but I just wanted to. Well, I, I was a high school educator for a long time, and and always tried to find bits of things to teach kids about that, you know, honestly, just our system wasn't doing. Yeah, and so. But even like John's talking about when, when race was, well, and race still is a big issue, but about a year ago when everybody was really talking about it, we're like, we're, we're two born and raised white guys that we're trying to talk about these topics. So we went out and found every guest we could to come in and bring in their view and their life experience and things like that. And that was very educational. I, I actually really am very proud of what we did with this show at that point. So. Anyways, nice. that's good. Yeah, that's very good. I think George Floyd, uh, the George Floyd Times, like really opened up a lot of people's eyes to to just certain realities. And I think the beauty of it was, uh, well, not beauty of it because it was a horrible time you know, and tragedy to happen. But um, one of the things that we, a lot of people, were fortunate of is having the world slow down so you could be able to see absolutely heinous yeah. and ugly these acts are. It's things that you know I've been, you know, like hey, as a as a black man, hey, when, when cops, you get stopped by cops, tread lightly. There's there's a mm-hmm. certain set of rules for you know black men that look like me and big yep. black scary looking dudes. Um, <laughs> Uh, when it comes to law enforcement, and it's just one of those things that's super real, super real. I talked with a lot of people about that as far as like what they could do to help. And plus, it was it was funny because um, a lot of followers on my page didn't even know I was black because I always had my face covered. Oh, until interesting. I made. Did you notice a change that. when they figured that out? Yeah. I, it, it was uh, very inspirational. I had a lot of people reaching out. I had a lot of people that was uh, thanking me for, for telling for telling that story. So I actually, I'm um, not saying that I did it to get followers. I did it to right. be like, hey, before I was a Swamp yep. Thing, before I was your favorite Batman, before I was, I'm a black man too. Yeah. And there's a responsibility that we, we got to take in this community and just period as far as what what's going on in the world. And uh, I think it just happened at a time where everybody was trying to, you know, it was the whole blackout situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, no, this isn't the time to be silent. Yeah. This is the time to keep information flowing. And, yeah. uh, you know, what are we great? Yeah, I think it was just like, I don't know. It's just cool. And I'm just a very truthful and honest person, too. I like, I got to say something. Mm-hmm. I got to yeah. say something. You know? Yeah. One of the great learning spaces I found in that point was a YouTube series called Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. Yeah. And yeah, it, yeah, I saw it that. was, I mean, it, I mean, again, I was born and raised in very, very white Southern Wisconsin. Um, and so it was just almost like a, an exposure kind of thing. Um, and wanting to say the right things at the right times and, but always being nervous, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, right. I, cause we even had a conversation a year ago 
and we had uh, a person of color on. Um, and I'm just like, can we, do we say black? I mean, is that okay for us to say? And they're like, yeah. Why would you? I'm like, cause I don't want to offend anybody. I'm like, yeah, I was yeah, always yeah, told African. That's a very real thing. And yeah, they're absolutely. like, well, they're like, well, thank you for caring enough to try to say the right thing. But you say African-American. Well, not every black man is or not every black person is actually African. They could be Cuban I and mean, just be dark skinned Cubans. Right. And you're like, I didn't think about that. Yep. You're absolutely right. Yeah, this is true. I yeah. encountered a lot of people where I could tell this like, OK, I might be their first like real experience sitting down and talking with somebody who's like super black <laughs> and i say super <laughs> black because it's like you know yeah. um i'm loud and proud i don't really care this is me this is who i am yeah. you know, this is only one tristan this is yeah. the same tristan you get at work i'm still a big ass nerd yeah. and um you know i just just so happened to be doing it while black did, and did, um i also you know and, and one of the reasons why i want to speak out on that is because i noticed that there is a lot of youth that follow you when you're a cosplayer or yes. when you're doing things yeah. of that nature. And for a lot of people, I might be their first introduction to somebody who's black. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And show them what it what it what it really is. Yeah. You know, so it's like a little bit of responsibility. Like, hey, you know, this shit ain't cool. Yeah. Like I'm I'm telling you now, like, yes, the swamp thing is black and this shit ain't cool. What's going on? So yeah. it's uh yeah, it, it was a pretty eye-opening experience, man. Did, did you Very find that you were? Did you find that you were having a lot of conversations that you normally wouldn't have during that time? That you didn't think you'd be like, I don't like, like you said, like the the ambassador to someone that's had their first experience. Yeah, it was a lot of questions uh, on, and I mean, just outside of social media too. It was kind of yes, like of ask the black guy for like a month, <laughs> and it was <laughs> it was like, all right, I was guilty. Um, yeah. I've been here for a minute, and we're just having this conversation because it's just about one of those things when, when we're comfortable. Uh, it's just certain things you don't have to think about, yeah. and it's certain luxuries that that, that mm-hmm. comes with that. Absolutely. And um, me seeing from the, the opposite side of the spectrum, like letting people in on how things really go, what it really means to identify <laughs> as black, how I view the George Floyd situation, how I view the world or mm-hmm. what it is to have privilege. You know, yeah. it was just very deep and hard hitting conversations where me, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat shit with you alive to you. This is how it truly is. And I just so happen to be um, a black man. Yeah. And we, you know, everybody listening to this podcast already know how the media in the U.S. or in this case, the world perceives mm-hmm. black men, especially when you're big, dark skinned. You know, you're kind of yep. like American. You're kind of like a predator or some shit. It's like, no, yeah. <laughs> I like playing with my lizards and making monsters. I don't care about all this other bullshit. I'm the worst person you should ever fear. Like you're wasting your time. But um it coming from that perspective, I felt like it hit a little bit harder and it was a little bit more impactful because a lot of the people that ends up in these obituaries and, and, and a lot of the times law enforcement are killing us, people that look just like me. Mm-hmm. So it kind of like wears on you psychologically. It's like, damn. I'm sure. Uh, I saw this dude get killed and he looks just like my cousin. 
or damn, he really looks like me. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it, it just, it weighs on you because after a while, and me coming from Chicago, South Side in the city, yeah. um, death is just another thing. Wow. Mm-hmm. So there's a certain numbness to come that goes along with that. And then it takes you to another level when you start to see people get gunned down on video and you see it all through your timeline. It's repetitive. It's repetitive. It's repetitive. You start to get a little numb. But not me, <laughs> because it kind of hits home because like every time I'm going to Target or every time I'm, I'm going somewhere, you know, it, it lingers in the back of my mind somehow. Yeah. But it's like, hey, I can't I can't have fear over that. And I understand the whole law enforcement side, too. Thankfully, I've been coached and I uh, got a lot of people in law enforcement that that raised me and such. So I, I know nice. how things are from the inside, too. So. But it's just, you know, it's just a different way you got to move out here being a black man. Yeah, I'm I'm not going to pretend like I remotely understand, but <laughs> it's almost I, easier being Swamp Thing. <laughs> that's saying something. That's actually yeah. powerful. Like, that's it's actually almost, a powerful thing. It's almost easier for me to wear a man that than it is Swamp Thing. And that also kind of like show, for me, it's easy to make creatures and monsters when the world has already perceived you as one. I kind of know how people react to seeing things that they're scared of, (laughs) like the clutching of the purses, the the walking other way. I'm like, okay, I know how it is to be a monster. Let's see how it is to really make a monster from the black man's so, Tris, let me let me ask you, because I feel like we have this opportunity now where we can educate some people. Do do when you're walking down the street, you notice people clutching their purses. You notice people walking the other way. You notice people locking their car doors if they're sitting in their car when you're walking by. Really? I notice. I'm just numb to it. Oh, it just becomes like a numbing thing. It's just it's not. It's, it's just like, like yeah, I'm a black. It's just like it's now, like, do you look at them? Do you look see, at them, Tris, and you think to themselves like they're ignorant because they don't know me, or do you just look at them as racism because of how they're acting? I think of it. Uh, well, there's a little bit of both. Yeah, a little bit mm-hmm. of both. There's the, the prejudice, there's the racism, <laughs> there's the ignorance from them not knowing me, and um, also I see them as just being human. And one of the things that we are naturally do is self-preservation. Mm-hmm. But the, the the ignorant side is huge, huge, because I remember like just going I, and you know what? It's been some awkward times, too. I'm where sure I'd be walking on my way to work or getting off the bus and I see another person that also works at the company that might not necessarily know me. And I see how they treat me outside the building. But like when they see that I'm into or I walk into a meeting and they figure out that I'm the project manager or the lead. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, that was the scary black dude on the train. What's up? I'm like, nah. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit different out here, wow. right? Wow. Wow. It, it, it changes. It, it's just like that. But it's just one of those things that's kind of, I don't know, man. Kind of like white noise. Like, okay, you're scared of me. Cool. I've, you know, I'm not the person to fear. I just want to collect action figures and shit, but <laughs> that's just how it is being a brother, man. It's interesting. Wow. My my son was just looking at, I mean, he's, he's in middle school, so he's researching anything that pops into his head. 
I mean, because as all middle school, like, could you imagine when we were 13, if we would have had full access to the Internet, we'd be looking up anything. Um, He's not doing that. (laughs) That's not where I was going with this. Um, But he had said he was looking for some reason. He was looking at birth rates and looking at birth rates of like different races. He goes like, Dad, do you realize like in the next, you know, if the trends keep, he's like in like 60 years. He's like, everybody's pretty much going to be a mixed race of some kind. Yeah. Because, because, you know, the, the birth rate of whites, even expanding from like even Europeans and, and, and Australians and and white Americans is much lower. He's like, so eventually people, there's just going to be more intermarriage in society. He's like, and then everybody's just going to be, you know, a mix of brown and tan and whatever because we're all going to have that in us anyway i'm like good good looking out buddy <laughs> he, he <just laughs> kind of went there anyway i'm like well, yeah go ahead that's yeah. so I, I thought that was interesting that, very true that fits my that, theory that eventually we're all going to turn into the grays <laughs> good. <laughs> that's my theory tris that's my theory my theory are the grays are like the 33rd century us they they're not aliens they're they're time traveling and they're helping us along and they're like oh this is where we fucked up <laughs> right I believe here that. i believe that speaking of the grays um do you remember uh, the, the the we're talking about signs right that's what you're talking about yeah yeah okay. i'm talking about the gray aliens yeah 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 Oh, I'm, well, in this case, because they, they referred to the aliens from signs as the greys, too. So that's oh, what my okay, mind okay. Sorry, had. sorry. Go ahead. Okay. But do you guys remember that birthday party scene? Oh, when yeah. They're watching the, when they're watching the... Um, I love that movie. When Absolutely. they're in the birth, they're watching the birthday party, and everybody's talking. They're blowing out the candles, and you see the alien walk by. Yep. And... I remember seeing that scene and there was like this hot seeking. There was like this hot feeling in my stomach. You know how you get scared really quick and you yep. feel like you got to poop or you might throw up, but you know you're hot. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah. oh, that yeah. scene is that scene is what inspired Swamp Thing. Nice. Really? My Explain scene. how. Explain how. Like, how did because that? Inspire? I always saw my version of Swamp Thing is like a cryptid i always saw him as like i don't know the the boogeyman or yeah, how you, like how you explain bigfoot like yeah. urban, urban legend kind of kind of urban like, legend did you see him yeah. did you not some people say absolutely and all that's you know yeah. just a blurry picture of something else okay. you know it's funny you bring up science because i did think of that movie earlier on in our conversation we were talking about aliens and how they blended in the the arm when when the arm was on the radiator and it reached out, mm-hmm. that that was my moment. The the I got a poop moment. That was the <laughs> when that happened. I was like, oh, I mean, just because I and I was in the theater. There weren't a lot of people in the theater, and I was definitely the most vocal person in there. Um, but yeah, that was oh god, that was great, great movie. That's a great that movie. Was, yeah, that, that was, was a great movie. The the one the part that got me, it creeped me out, was when. He, Mel Gibson finally sees what she's talking about when he like tucks her boo in bed and he looks up on his like looks out the window and the aliens on top of the oh yeah the aliens on top of the barn yeah 
and and they did it they did it to where you're like wait a minute like you found yourself actually in the movie theater like going wait is that is that a that's, <laughs> yeah, alien. that's to, alien shit there's something there you know yeah that was a really really good movie i gotta rewatch that i gotta me too me too that. i gotta watch that, that because it's so yeah. inspiring yeah. I m. Love night, that m night made some good stuff i'm interested to see about this new movie he's got coming out called old i'm to not. see it <laughs> i want to but again i just want to figure out like why yeah i that's what it, i want to know just seems, like why I, I will get I will definitely give him a shot in anything he produced. Um, I'll give him a shot, like but I just I don't. I, this isn't something I'm running to the theater to see. That's what I mean by that. I don't running to the theater would be my reaction. But that and Jungle Cruise, I'm not running there. Yeah, yeah. I'm really not either. Jungle Cruise, I'm I'm watching that on Disney Plus. I I am absolutely yeah. yeah. That's a that's a He's Thursday put, Friday night. Yeah, some pieces. His, have fun. His yeah. his social media has been blowing up because he finished filming Black Adam, and this is supposed to be like the saving the movie that's going to save the DC universe in in films is Black Adam, and I'm I don't buy it. I <laughs> I'm having well, they're filming Black Adam. They're they're also filming Shazam two at the same time, which Aren't they also already, doing Flashpoint, and they're doing mm-hmm. Flashpoint. So I mean, yes. the, the people got to understand the DCU is not dead. I mean, they're oh they're no, put, it's not. They're putting money into it. There's there's things coming out. And I think out of all of those projects, I'm the most nervous about Black Adam. Everyone's like, why? It's the rock. I'm like, really? Yeah. I mean, because I think hmm. I think people and I think people are building up their expectations so much because it is the rock. It is a Dwayne Johnson project that he's they're gonna set him up to be the new main character, more or less, of the DCU. But they don't understand the history of Black Adam and that he's a villain. And they're like, well, we're going to see how his downfall goes. I'm like, but to me, that's like Disney trying to make us love Cruella. Like, they're going to try to make us love a character and then be like, oh, by the way, he's a genocidal maniac. (laughs) You're like, okay, yeah, yeah, how's this going to work? He is not a good dude. Yeah. Not a good dude. They try to spin him off as an anti-hero in a lot of iterations, but... Black Adam is nobody to play with. Yeah. Well, they're doing I mean, that now well, in the comics, aren't they? I yeah, didn't think, he just join the Justice League or something? Maybe. You know, I don't read DC anymore. Oh. He's, um, he's been like, he's coming to help. Okay. I mean, a, a lot of the times it's just like world ending type of yeah situations where it's like the, the lines are blurred between like good and bad. And it's just like, okay, do you want to live? Yeah. <laughs> so it's he's, just kind of. In the end, his character's history is trying to find a way to catch Captain. I always say Captain Marvel, but it's Shazam now. Try to find him when he's a teenage boy, so he can kill the teenage boy. <laughs> that's that's the. Oh, the is that for, really? For I didn't yes, know that. for years that's been okay. his. That's his character. Main gist. Yeah, wow. because he wants he wants the Rock of Eternity. He wants to he wants to be the main wizard. And speaking of fun. eternity. Have you seen the trailer, Tris, for He-Man, Masters of the Universe? <sighs> That's on this Netflix? week, isn't it? I think it is this week. Oh, right. my God. I haven't. <laughs> See, you, you said you were you were 88. That, that was your, your birthday? 88. 88. That w- okay. I was a little bit That was a little bit after me. I mean, excuse okay. me. That was a little bit before, a little before me. Because I'm, oh, I'm literally 10 years bef- before you. And okay. uh, so 
Masters of the Universe came out in 85. And John gets on me for a lot of things about just not being excited or or holding back my excitement for certain projects because I don't I'm just like, okay, don't suck. That's that's what I just I don't want you to suck. Yeah. I cannot contain myself for this Kevin Smith Masters of the Universe series. Like I every preview I watch, I'm watching it ten times. It gives me goosebumps. I'm like, this yeah. is gonna be awesome. I'm gonna, so, I'm gonna check this out. I'm gonna check this out. It's yeah, it's on it's on Netflix. Yeah, just check it on YouTube, the He Man Revelation. Revelations, yeah. And they're getting I like Kevin Asian. Smith too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, we did we were talking about movies, uh DC movies that were going to be small. I really liked there. I think it was a Kevin Smith. He was involved somehow. They were going to do a prison movie about a prisoner who goes in and you find out he's infiltrating the prison to try to undo like some kind of gang or drug ring. And the main bad guy was going to be a DC supervillain. And you're like, Oh, and then you find out that the guy who infiltrated the prison was green arrow. Yes. Like, I've heard of that for years. Yes. Like that was going to be a film. It, it's dead in the water now. But uh-huh. It was going to be like a secret introduction of Green Arrow into the film universe. Right. That's dope. That's that would have been great. Yeah. You know, and because I they was... took a character that no one's really in love with. I mean, he's he has his own little niche, but he doesn't have yeah. the he's not like Superman. You couldn't do that with Clark Kent. Right. You couldn't do right. that with Batman. You can definitely do that with Green Arrow. Yeah. 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 He can't accept it and fly under the radar, just like yep. smooth. And then at the end, it's like, oh, I'll request. That yeah. would be dope. Yeah. One of the things I always thought would be cool, and I think I thought they kind of missed the mark with the whole Suicide Squad movie. Oh yes. Is um, I always wanted to make. Well, it's kind of like. Amy, as far as why, like, why I chose this squad that I got behind me, but I always wanted to make like one of our trinities or one of the the, the superheroes the villain to the mm. Suicide Squad. You know, I the think villain trinity. Like well, I want I want to make the Suicide Squad have a vi- Suicide Squad have a villain that's one of our heroes and show them in that light. Like, I think it would be really dope to like have Batman be a villain in a suicide squad movie and show like the urban legendness or like right. really make him like a spawn horror like type of okay, film okay. In, a, in a darkness and like him picking off villains and just just flip it on his head a little bit and yes. i thought the suicide so, squad movie was uh you know it, love the idea and you might be a little upset when i say you that that this is happening um so, but it's going to be a video game, the Suicide oh, yeah. Squad video game. They're mm. given, they're given a mission, and it's to take out Superman. So you're playing as Suicide Squad members, and that you're going to be actively trying to I don't know if it's kill or somehow incapacitate whatever, but you're going after Superman, and that's going to be, I think your final boss battle is going to be the Suicide Squad taking on Superman. I'm like, well, that. See, that's interesting. Very so I, interesting. I might, I and I'm a video gamer, so I might, uh, I might be down with that. I mean, just to see how it goes. Uh, that might be one. Yeah. That's that's what's up. I think he's <laughs> telling stories, telling stories, just kind of like switching roles sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the whole uh, what if Elseworlds. 
things like that. Yeah, or just like really building up the fear of why thugs are intimidated by the Batman. Like kind of like yeah. In the Arkham series, yeah. if you played the Arkham series, if you just like flying around Gotham, you'll hear thugs telling stories about yeah. their first run in with the Batman. And it sounds like a tall tale or like an urban legend, like we were mm-hmm. talking about the Swamp Thing. I think like showing it from that perspective would be dope too. Just like that is a cool perspective. Yeah. Like, you know what like, I, you know, I can picture already? Real. Yeah, you know what I can already picture, Tris? Is a bunch of villains. I think they actually did a comic book of this where they were doing, they were at a poker table talking about their first encounter or how they almost killed Batman. But yeah. then, but if you were to do this in a movie, okay. if you were to do this in a, in a prison where some like you have a bunch of bad guys just talking about their first running and why they're in here now, because this is what he did. And you know how villains will always, or when you're telling stories, always going to, yeah, embellish it. Exaggerate. Yeah. And like, dude, he came out of the shadows, and before I knew it, you know, he had laser beams, and you know, it's like, no, no, no. fangs dripping blood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that's the type of stories and kind of elseworldness I I would go, and I think it would be dope to see that on the silver screen. Yeah, will we ever see it one day? I don't, I don't know. I, don't I know. think we will. I never I think... thought we we'd see the Justice League at all. If you would have told me we would have had a Batman v Superman. A Justice League movie, like when I was a kid, I'd probably say you were lying. Yeah, yeah. Say you were you were on something. Like, I thought we got happened, dude. <laughs> I thought we got our best version of the MCU's version of the DC universe with the uh, Bruce Tim universe, the cartoons, how they went from Batman the animated series, mm-hmm. Superman, Justice League, Justice Unlimited. Yeah, I thought those were those Thank Batman. You. Thank you for bringing that up because I don't think people remember how good those Justice League oh, episodes were. They were fantastic. Now everybody remembers Batman and the animated series and Batman animated adventures. Yeah. But Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Yep. That is storytelling. Yep. Yes. That Absolutely. is some of the best animated storytelling I have ever seen. And, and we rewatch these every once in a while. Yeah, well, they're on HBO Max videos. now. You can watch yeah. them on HBO Max. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My, my kids are hooked on the Young Justice series right now. Like, the three of them have to watch That's, it together. Yeah. Excellent. It is excellent. I didn't watch Young the Justice third is good season, too. but the first two seasons yeah. was fantastic. Yeah. And there seems just to be a disconnect. Like, who's working for the animated department? Yes. How yes. could you get them yeah. on some of the yeah. silver screen projects? Yeah. Because the stories, and that's one of the things that I always tell people, too, is, like, DC has it going in a lot of areas. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, their animated movies, like, they're, they're uncomparable. Yeah. yeah. Like, all, all they need, I'm going to be honest with you, there's this movie, uh it came out in 2010 2008 justice league doom yes if you ever yeah. saw it yes justice league doom make a live action version of that mm-hmm. that's all you need yeah that's one of the the best stories i've seen in, in a while when it comes to based uh, off the justice tower of babel right greg is that based off the tower of babel i i don't i can't remember if that's the actual name of that storyline but yes that's with Ra's al ghul where he sneaks uh, in and takes Batman's plans. 
to take oh. out the Justice League and that, that Justice right? League Doom. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, that's actually well, I'm not sure the title. In the cartoon version, it was Vandal Savage. Yes, yeah. Vandal Savage. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I say I don't think it was Raz, but yeah, it was Vandal. Yeah. Um, but yes, it is where okay. he steals yeah. Batman's yeah. files and Batman has contingency yeah. plans for everybody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember reading. I love that. I love it. I Let me ask that. you a question real quick. Both of you t- seem to be really high in the DC. So maybe is that where Batman became a badass? Where people went, whoa. Um, it definitely. That- it was, I mean, he was always rumored to kind of have that level of angst against yeah. his super powered compatriots. Okay. But yeah, that, that specific storyline and that came out, I, I was maybe, I was in high school or college, I think yeah. maybe, maybe a little bit later. Um, but I remember reading it and I can, I can still visualize the panels of batman screaming into the comps he's like i know who's did i know who's doing this i know what's going on it's me and you're like what Mm -hmm. and then the next issue you find out that his files have been stolen these are his contingency plans and you're like you dick i mean just kind (laughs) of and and, you know he's he's got he's like i know how this is all happening somebody must have hacked my files and then and then the real story becomes not just how do you get the Justice League back to functionality again, yeah. but how are they going to deal with Batman? How are yeah. they going to deal, I mean, with this character that everybody trusted and now, and they, they you know, in the end they kick him out. But uh, yeah. it was, yeah. It was, it yeah, was you're right. That story. was a great one. That was a that great was, one. That was such a good one. But to answer, I don't, I don't know if there was like this one defined moment where people just realized he was a badass because I think, you know, the, the Frank Miller, you know, right. Right. I always thought that people thought Frank, like the dark Knights, a separate universe that doesn't happen in the, the, I guess the sacred timeline. It's, it's, it's it's off. So I just, I just remember when I was, I don't know when I was, but I remember reading that thinking, Oh wow! This guy's like, like he's fighting dirty. Like yeah. he's that's uh, not that's not the Bruce we know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, that's, John, you're that's right. not the it guy is. from Super Friends. And I don't know, Robin. Let's check it out. You know, it's you're not right. that. It it is Tower of Babel. Is and in the, okay. in the comic, it, in the comic, it was his files were stolen by criminal mastermind Razagul. Razagul, and it, yeah. uh, it written mm. by it was two thousand one, written by Mark Wade. Who was just killing it in comics at that point? I'm gonna reread that. Too. He still does. He still does kill it. He's he a, well, a, he does. He he, he does a great Doctor Strange run before they just stopped doing Doctor Strange. I don't know. Yeah, why. I, but, I didn't. I didn't mean to say like he's past his prime. I right, just yeah. in in those early two thousands. Yes, could not do wrong. In, yeah, in, in writing a comic. I mean, yeah. It, right. I was picking up stuff that I didn't even want because Mark Wade was writing it. Oh, wow. I have. I have yeah. a. Run of, I have a run of Kazar that he and Ryan did. <laughs> Kazar. Kazar, yeah. For the Savage like, Planet. <laughs> they, I mean, Savage went, Island, yes. They they did a great run. I discovered them on an awesome run they did on Captain America. And then they're like, hey, we're watching a Kazar book. I'm like, I really don't want to get a Kazar book, but it's Mark Wade and Ron Garney. I'm going to get it. I, didn't he, did he do a little bit of Adam Strange? Uh, I don't know. Is Adam Strange did a run, and I'm, I'm still not into that character, but that run, right. I was like, this is awesome, but oh yeah, sorry, I was thinking Adam Warlock, but yes, he did do an Adam Strange run. Okay, it was probably what I was reading there. 
Yeah. Yeah. He did Adam he did Adam Strange. He did yeah. he invented Quantum and Woody. Um it's a great wow. independent piece. <laughs> yeah. That Trish, that, uh, that would be a great movie I would love to ma- see made. Quantum and Woody John are you they're two boyhood friends who get like their dads were like military research scientists and they get these bracelets that it's supposed to be worn by the same person, but no one can withstand the power and they die, but they each get one. And so every day they need to clang their bracelets together to maintain like their molecular structure. Oh, one is like a super militaristic guy and he becomes the superhero. Like he wants to become a thing. That's quantum. Woody is just this slacker stoner dude who just wants to go out and have fun and, and how they become superheroes. It was hilarious and fantastic. Uh, Hey, speaking of crazy stuff, Trist, you ever pay, you ever watch Rick and Morty? You know what? I haven't been able to, I I've gotten to like a couple of episodes, but I think I just missed the boat. Like when everybody first was talking about Rick and Morty, uh, it just like, went by and i was like oh damn by everybody yeah i'm kind of with you and i just never got into it but some of the episodes look hilarious yeah. oh they're so funny they're i i get a kick i get a kick out of it so but you know what greg and i are kind of weird like this i will we will gravitate towards shows that the each other ones like i can see why you like it but it ain't for me yeah like he <laughs> loves letter kenny some canadian talk some canadian show <laughs> And I've tried. God knows I've tried. And I just, I'm yeah. just like, I see, I see how, why Greg likes it, but I don't, I, it's not, it's not for me. <laughs> but anyway. I give anyway. it a shot though. Like if you got specific episodes, but it I, looks funny. Look at the latest one. The latest one. It can go. My favorite episode of all time is Pickle Rick. I have forced Greg to watch that one. But the other one is, um, the other one I just watched. Okay, spoiler alert for anybody that hasn't seen the latest episode of Rick and Morty. But I didn't know this, but Morty's mom is a veterinarian at a horse hospital. Oh, okay. okay. So he's interning there, and he sees the machine that ejaculates the male horse. Okay. (laughs) And he gets this big eye. He gets this big eye thing, and he's like, Mom, I think I want to intern here. So you find out, you find out he's not next, next, like next scene. He's on, like, he's sitting on his roof, like, you know, all back going, Morty, you're a bad little boy, <laughs> you know? And then you find out that Rick stole the sperm from the horses and was trying to make some sort of thing because he was going at war with other horse species and ended up turning into like this sperm's taken over the world. And like okay. they finally find out it's Morty's that did it. <laughs> They're like that, Morty, you okay. sick son of a bitch. <laughs> I think I saw a Rick and Morty poster, and it was like a Tremors poster instead of a Tremor. It was like <laughs> yeah. a sperm with the yes, <laughs> yes, that's probably where it's from. But it's oh, so man, weird. That's hilarious. It's so weird how they go from this to that, and you're like, oh my god, like Big it's point. just nuts, and. I was actually going to bring this up with you, Tris, because I wanted I wanted your opinion on some things. When it comes to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I'm wondering if we're starting to get into this point now where we're going to start losing audience members because it's starting to get a little too to where us three would know what's going on. We go, oh, that's King, okay, and then 
other people are like, I don't know, like I'm, I'm lost. I don't know what's going on here. And I'm wondering if that's going to start happening. And if we're going to start losing audience members, because it's going to start getting too Rick and Morty ish. No. Yeah. No, you, know you say no. Greg? I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think they'll let the writers go that take far. The audience members out of it that much. Okay. You know, I hope so. Well, I, I mean, I, for me, yeah, that's cool. Cause I'll, you know, I still go to the comic shop right. every Wednesday. Yeah, like that's a ritual for me. What, what are your comics besides Swamp Thing? What are your comics, Chris? Um, I was rereading Batman and Robin from 2011 when I was working on uh, the Hellbat, just to kind of mm-hmm. like get more into that story. But the last okay. thing I was uh, Alan Moore's the uh, Anatomy Lesson, that Swamp Thing, of course. But um, other than that, I was looking at the uh, the Dark Horse Aliens run. Mm-hmm. That was super dope. I forgot the name of it. Um, that was good. But I haven't. I want to reread the Long Halloween. I want to yep. read the Long Halloween. Um, and the uh, Nightfall. Nightfall. Okay. That, that one's on the list too. So I'm still. I'm still kind of in that. D- I'm working yeah. my way out of that DC area mainly because I gotta. This part of the portfolio, you know, I have to stay in it a little bit yeah, just yeah. to flesh out the stories and do that and, like, watch some of the animated films and stuff. But I'm really trying to expand as far as, like, some of the books that I am trying to read. But I, for the um, past couple of visits, I've just been picking up figures, to be honest with you, like old Alien Resurrection action figures okay. and stuff like that. Did you, so, watch, um, did you watch Invincible on Prime? Video? I didn't. I didn't. Dude, Tress, drop what you're doing right now. Podcast is over. <laughs> Go watch the first episode. If you don't I'm like it most... after the first episode, you're not a comic book fan. Oh, stop I, it. Hey, I'm the <laughs> I'm the most like out of tune comic book superhero watching comic no, book actually, I get what you're doing. Yeah. You're in the zone right now and you're trying to create yeah. this Everest. So you're you're in the lab. I get so, it. So I've been locked in. Something you should pick up, and I know they're coming out. They've got them in. There's uh, two volumes. They're coming out. Volume three is from Boom Studios. It's called Once in Future. And okay, Once in Future deals a lot with. um, They just call them stories, but in the first arc, it's King Arthur, and King Arthur is resurrected, and everybody, everybody kind of hears the Arthurian legend. And they think King Arthur is like the good guy. And it turns out they're like, well, who is Arthur fighting when, when he was supposedly king? They're like, oh, the Saxons. They're like, yeah, that's Europeans. Um, and he wanted to slaughter all of them. And so he, he, again, comes out as like this. And what I think from, from your perspective, there's a lot of, inspiration you can take from a lot of the creature designs that they have in there because they got some, they've got some awesome creatures um but it's a great story and uh i i'm not even going to go too deep into it but check yeah. that one out Let's go yeah. once in you future once, once in future once in future from boom studios yeah. um it's been one of my favorite books for the past two years once cool. in future yeah cool. yeah yeah, yeah. Tris, we're gonna have to cut this short, man. We're already two hours in, man. <laughs> Yo, 
It's We've been having like this much been fun talking for thirty minutes. This has been a blast, man. And, yeah. and we we warned you that we're gonna go all over the place. Yes. I'm so happy that we did. Yeah, we're man. A lot of stuff, and yeah. Um, I know John's gonna do our sign off here, but I, I I really just really super impressed with your work. I can't wait to make it. To, uh, looking at C two, they move C two E two almost a couple weeks before Christmas, so I'm trying to make that one work yeah. out. Um, it's gonna be tough. Yeah, yeah. it is gonna be tough. But uh, I haven't talked to John about it yet. But he lives close enough to to Rosemont that Wizard World in October might be something that we could do. Oh yeah. Um, okay. That's okay. that's just down the road from him. So yeah. we'd love to meet up with you there. Have yeah. a have a drink while you're while you're relaxing after whatever monstrosity you decide to carry that day. Um, yeah, man. Trist. Tris, it has been awesome talking to you. I've had so much fun. I didn't even know we were two hours into this thing. I looked up. It felt like it was 45 minutes. I yeah. looked up thinking, oh, we're in good time. And I was like, oh, shit, we're at two hours. Um, yeah, man. Which is, I love when we go off like this and we have a guest that can just roll with us. So um, it's been a pleasure, man. I would love to get you back on here when you start getting new creations or you want to get on here and talk, promote your studio Speaking of that, where can people find you right now to like check it out? Like Instagram, Facebook, where can, where can they find you? Yeah, on Instagram, you can check me out at Tris Rex. That's T-R-I-S-R-E-X. Um, on Facebook, same thing, Tris Rex Studios. Um, and yeah, any like you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Vero Social. That's another one that's more mm-hmm. geared towards some of the cosplays, as well as uh, YouTube as well. You can find me as uh, Tris Rex on YouTube too. So I'm floating around everywhere. Um, if you have any, if you guys have any questions or you have any comments about how things are made or any questions, get at me. I'm I'm uh, I'm gonna get uh, right back to you and I make sure to talk with everybody and you know spread that love and positivity through the art of uh, practical effects and cosplay, man. I love it. I love it. Any chance that Greg and I can get a visit to your studio one day? Yes. Awesome. Oh yes. <laughs> cool. Hell cool. yes. Cool. All right, do a man. live ver- uh, a live version of this in the studio. Yeah. Oh, that would be great. Cool. That'd be awesome. Live Greg, version. sign us off, sir. Anything you'd like to leave the crew with people, uh, the uh, audience same with? Same as always. As you guys are making it through your weeks, remember: uh, one, verify your sources. Always a big thing. Two, know your audience. And as you're doing those, always remember part three: don't be a douche. Boom. Four. <laughs> Trist- Tristan Johnson. The Greg, this is Johnny. Podcast out, people. Have a great weekend. Take care. Bye-bye. Peace.